One in three combat veterans suffer with PTSD. Mood swings, night terrors, flashbacks, isolation, anger outbursts, even thoughts of guilt and hopelessness are some of the many symptoms. If left untreated, PTSD can spiral into other problems like panic disorder, substance abuse, deep depression, and even suicidal feelings. Now it's classified PTSD as a traumatic brain injury and treatment is not only possible, it's available 100% free. You see, the Lone Survivor Foundation was formed in 2010 by Lone Survivor and retired U.S. Navy SEAL himself, Marcus Luttrell, in an effort to provide the much needed help, counseling, and programs to his fellow veterans, their families, spouses, children, and caregivers as a result of their military service, and again, 100% free. If you or someone you know are struggling with PTSD and the invisible wounds that it brings, you are not alone. You have battle buddies ready to help 24 seven, 365. For more information on the Lone Survivor Foundation and its programs, again, all 100% free, visit LoneSurvivorFoundation.org. But if you are suffering and you need help now, you're dealing with an overwhelming sense of depression and hopelessness, and you don't really know what to do, call the Veterans Crisis Hotline now at 800-273-8255, the number below or simply text 838-255. The Lone Survivor Foundation is here to help as many combat veterans as possible suffering from these invisible injuries so that you and your loved ones can get back to leading the normal and fulfilling life and lives that you deserve. For all of our veterans, both active and inactive, those that are suffering, those that are in support, and their families, we wanna say thank you for your service. Thank you for volunteering to serve this country and go arm in arm with your battle buddies and doing what all that you've done. This conversation with Marcus Luttrell is very personal and he offers not so much the story of Operation Red Wing, but who he is, what led him to become a Navy SEAL and the man and husband and father that he is today after all of that. A lot of laughs, a lot of tears, a lot of OMGs. But this is truly one of the best conversations and most in-depth discussions that Marcus has ever had. We're honored to have him here. We're honored to have you watching and listening. And if you have any comments or any takeaways, feel free to comment below. Thank you for listening and thank you for watching. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you to this very special episode of 100% Tilted Discussions with Winning Underdogs. For those that are on audio, you don't see who's in the studio next to us right now, but this is one that for us uh, as a group, as a company, is a, a distinct honor and privilege. Uh, myself and Anthony got to meet this gentleman uh, back in December at a luncheon here in Houston, and it is uh, a unique opportunity to shake the hand of, of men who have done a lot for this country that many times people don't know a lot of the details. They may have known a part of the story, but they don't really necessarily know the man. And there's a lot to every one of us. But after his journey that was portrayed after he wrote the book and the movie came out in 2013, directed by Peter Berg uh, with uh, Mark Wahlberg starring as our guest today. There's a lot in those layers that came through the book in the movie, but also the lessons being a United States Navy SEAL and the the journey through leadership and discipline and life. And it is our honor to welcome today, Mr. Marcus Luttrell. 
Welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Thank love you, your spot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank That's you. That's good stuff, man. <laughs> You're working it good, man. You got my eagle on your chest, my son's name on your sunglasses, or hey. your glasses, bro. <laughs> yeah. like, what's up? You know it. <laughs> Details matter, right? That's it. <laughs> That's it. Well, for all those that uh, maybe have heard somewhat, uh, the book that you wrote, uh, which you called the, the debrief of what occurred in Afghanistan with uh, you and your three brothers, um, that created this story that people were able to hear the, the true firsthand account of what occurred, which turned into a movie, Lone Survivor, in 2013. There's a lot with that. But, I, you know, what a lot of people may not know is you have a twin brother. I do. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's running for congressman right now. Yes. <laughs> Which I guess now he's going to start to get the limelight. We talked about that. I was like, here, it's yours. <laughs> yeah. Take it. Because we're identical twins. Mm-hmm. So uh, growing up, he would always, everyone would always call me by his name, Morgan. He's seven minutes older than me, but we're mirror twins. Mm. And uh, on the right side, he's a left. Mm. Left-handed, left-eye dominant, I'm right-handed, right Really? Dominant. Yep. <laughs> Every time we went, he had to drive. It was on the left side of the truck. So, I mean, yeah. it was one of those deals. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's... Uh, I, then when all this happened, I got out, then everyone started calling him by my name. Mm-hmm. But he, he was still in for the longest time, so he couldn't even really talk to anybody. And, and uh, then once he got out, wow. and now it's about to shift again. Like, hey, brother, you take it. Yeah. Hey, you're Marcus's brains? brother. That's yeah, yeah, now I'm just, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, now I'm Morgan's younger brother, right? Yeah. And uh, they were joking, like, what happens if you stand up in the halls of Congress and someone asks you? I was like, please do that. You want me to go vote? Sure, <laughs> yeah. I'll be right there. You know, not my fault you didn't recognize the difference. <laughs> we're going to have fun with it. But, um, yeah, it was uh, it, it was a blast. Our, our, our motto was just from the womb to the tomb. We came into this world together. We're going to leave it together. So we're, as, we're, we're best tomb. friends. Yeah, we're inseparable. As twins, and uh, my wife with her, but they're not twins, but there is this, there's this connection, and, I, and I've heard this with twins, too, that he was in the team longer than you were. He, right. w- he was there for a lot longer. Uh, were, there, were there things that you guys could sense just being twins sure. that you guys have had? Yeah, and I, there's witnesses to that. Really? Like, when I got hurt real bad, he all of a sudden started, they were like, man, his brother got sick, started throwing up. He's like, something's wrong with my brother. Wow. And then when he was in a helicopter crash, I sat up in bed and I got, I called and I was like, where's my brother? I couldn't get in touch with him. He's in the hospital from, from a helicopter crash. Wow. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like when you love something so much and we came into this world together, I was a surprise. They didn't even know I was there. This was back in the day when they didn't have all that tech. No kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but just like with your spouse or something that you care about deeply, if, if something's going wrong, you can feel it. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of... You know, same heartbeat, same mindset wow. kind of deal. It's just uh, we're complete opposites, but the the part that was that they separated us from are are exactly alike. So wow. if you get on the opposite end of him, it's uh, it's um, people say we're night and day. The dude and Walter, you know, what, there's there's many. <laughs> I've heard a lot of things about it, but then in in the closest part of us is uh, absolutely inseparable. Wow, hmm. there's a lot of uh, what he was leading to. There's also rivalries, isn't there, with the twin brother? Sure. Well, it's, uh, that can go, if you're not careful, you can push that into the wrong direction to where it's sibling rivalry where we hate each other. And I run across twins all the time or brothers and sisters, and they go, I don't ever talk to my brother. I'm like, well, why? Why would you not do that? I mean, your blood, mm-hmm. it's like a, the best teammate ever. And you grow up with each other, you go through puberty with each other, go deal with all that stuff, man. They know everything about you. Oh, when you keep something like that around, it's an asset to have friends that long. Mm-hmm. The last fight or argument we ever got into, we were 17 years old. We made a promise with you. We both wound up in the hospital. And uh, when we fight, it gets serious. And uh, Imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we trained to be fighters our whole life. And um, after that, we made a promise. It's like, never again. And we haven't. 
not so much as a uh, too dangerous, too dangerous. Yeah, and we oh. love each other so much that I just um, it's too dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, too dangerous. I couldn't imagine what happened now. <laughs> right now, we probably get too tired. All the time I go through is, need to catch my breath for a yeah, minute. Yeah, just give me a second. <laughs> right, but now it's a uh, it's a team thing, mm-hmm. and we do push each other. Mm. And even if I if I am getting to him, I was like, I'm not yelling, I'm motivating, right? That kind of thing. <laughs> but um, I see things that he do, he doesn't. He sees things that I don't. So when mm. I come in, and I, it's not me coming at him; it's me protecting him and, and pushing him and, and shoving him in the direction you got. Everyone needs that. Everybody mm. has to have that. The minute you think you're down here by yourself and you got it all figured out, then you absolutely don't. When you guys were uh, were younger, uh, what part of Texas did you guys grow up? Willis. Right down the road from y'all. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow. Back in the day, there used to be a separation between Spring, Houston, the Woodlands, yeah. and, and uh, Conroe. Remember? Mm-hmm. Then you get mm-hmm. to Willis and Waverly and up to Huntsville, and that's just steadily growing together. Wow. But, yeah, Willis. Now, when you guys were little, uh, I mean, seen different uh, interviews with you and your brother, and, uh, but the thing that, I, that caught my attention was uh, what actually got you guys interested in the seals because you guys were pretty young. Yeah, we were, weren't you? Mm-hmm. It's kind of, it's customary for all our people in our family serving the military. I mean, mm-hmm. you can go back generations. We got somebody in there uh, giving mm-hmm. service. My father would always say, you know, before you exploit this country, you're going to serve her in some form or fashion. And I didn't have any idea what that meant wow, when I was a kid. That's strong. You know what I mean? We don't. We didn't know. Yeah. Because I come from a matriarchal family. The women run the show. Mm-hmm. The only time you ever saw my father and my uncles was when they came to whip our ass because we got in line with uh, <laughs> either a mom or somebody. And my father would say, he's like, I'm not your friend at all. He's like, I'm your father. And there, cause there's a difference. And I still have the same friends I've had since we were kids. And mm-hmm. I still do dumb things with my friends. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so when you had your kids on the ground, you, th- those are the one things you got to keep in check. We can't be friends with them. Yeah. And that, cause discipline and respect. He would say like, if my shoes aren't here for you to fill, you can walk in them every now and again, if you need them, but throughout your life, I'm going to give you one thing it's, it's going to turn into two. I'm going to give you discipline every day of your life. And through that, you're going to gain respect, respect for yourself and respect for other people. The only time you ever lose your respect is when you lose your discipline. You're the only one that can throw that away. Man, that's strong. Yeah. Wow. So when, wow. Uh, when we were growing up, like it wasn't pushed on us. It's not a mandatory thing. It's kind of an understood thing. You walk into, even if you walk into my house, there's no awards on the wall. There's American flags and stuff like that, pictures of the family, but... It's kind of like they let the kids grow up to see which direction they want to go in. Because mm-hmm. your child is the next version of you. Just all the doors are shut. So if you want them to be exactly like you, you might have a tough time getting that done. Right? That's why they buck a little bit. But if you follow your new path and see where it goes, then whenever they say, you know, I'd like to get interested in this, or I'd like to do this, then we hammer down and we train them and we get them ready. And that was the same way with the military. And it was my brother's idea to do the SEAL thing. Because I didn't want to have anything to do with the military when I was growing up. I was a little bitty. Really? Yeah. We were identical twins. We were born early, two months. I was four pounds, three ounces. He was three pounds, eight ounces. He died a couple of times. So growing up, I played tennis and was in drama and theater. Don't tell anybody that. <laughs> high school we'll and that high school and college. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not even kidding. I graduated high school. I was five, six, 154 pounds. We didn't grow like everybody else. Wait a minute. What? Yeah, yeah. When you graduated high school, 18 yeah. years old. Yeah, my wife found my driver's license the other day and um oh, man. Was, you know the good lord dosed us up with the ugly armor our eyes are going different directions <laughs> like i had one of his he had one of mine we was always looking at each other whichever they had to toss me off a mountain for him to straighten up isn't that funny and uh yeah it was rough uh but he had the idea of being seals 
Mm. And I, we're not violent men. We are men of violence, though. We're well trained in it now. Mm. I mean, just even to this day, I got picked on a lot growing up, just like every other guy in this room, probably. All right. And when I still get the butterflies, when something's about to go, I can feel it before it even happens now. Right. You know, you know, when the tension, it, tension walks in before whatever's thrown, it does. Yeah. And uh, so I still feel that. And back then it would kind of, you know, I'd get apprehensive. And I, mm. But now I know what to do with it. Like now mm. I turn now I turn my attention to it. And I still hate. Hate's probably not the right word, but uh, because I, I try to stay away from it because I've gotten to where I'm proficient in it, and then there's an appetite for that. We are highly trained. Right. Yeah. It's different than average Joe. Well-trained. Yeah. Like, you can't believe. And the, exactly. So when you get into it, it triggers something, and you're like, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I try to stay away from that, especially now that I'm married with kids. It's like she that, – I got all that out of my system then so I could go do this now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my brother and I pushed each other in that direction. It was his idea to be a SEAL. He came up with that. And this was before the internet and everything, so you had to have like a TV guide. Remember that book? You had to look mm-hmm. in yep. there and figure out what time the TV Maybe SEAL's Charlie Sheen. Yep. Boom. <laughs> Bless that man, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah man. I mean, he couldn't make it look any more cool being a Navy SEAL. We stay on that boat and shoot that dude. He's like, never talk about mom. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's what I want to do. Yeah. Funny story real fast. Me and my brother and a couple of my other teammates were sitting around watching that movie a little while ago, uh-huh. and there's a scene in there where they launch out of the submarine, and yeah. they float this boat up to the top. Yep. They set it up and they chase this boat down. They climb up and they take the boat down. We, we've done that in real life multiple times. And wow. it is the hardest job on earth. It sucks so bad. It was miserable. Maybe we want to get out of the military. But it's funny because, and that's the irony, because it's the scene that recruited me into the team. It's like, I want to do that. The hardest thing. The hardest thing. I was like, man, that looks so cool. God's like, okay, step by. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you're walking out of that submarine in the pitch black ocean and the boat Never inflates right. All the gear drops down, and then the engine motor won't start, and then, then the big boat's getting out of the way. You know, it just, it's a cluster. Yeah, if it can go wrong, it will. Mr. Murphy, you don't see that. Yeah, yeah, Murph. Right? Uh-huh. We had Murph with us all the time. Mike uh-huh. Murphy, right? Yeah. <laughs> Put those two names together, Michael and Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you're like, it didn't go down like this in the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it looked mm-hmm. a lot easier. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was uh, it was something. So when. That came out, and there was a documentary called The Silent Option that came online, and we would watch that. I mean, you, I can hear that, that, that theme music and the way that guy's voice. Like, some of those guys in those documentaries, the guy's voice is like, this is the M68 one. She, like, you know, and they just kind of go yeah. into it, and, you know, and just like, you just kind of get mesmerized by the voice, and it makes it sound all cool and wanted, uh, made us want to do it. So we started training for it at a young age. How did So in what age were you guys? Around 14. How do you even start to know how to train to to even get to that that level to be? That's I'm, a great I'm question. Going to be a Navy SEAL. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. So, with anything you want to do, I mean, you want to be a bodybuilder, you want to be a professional, whatever it is you want to do, you want to be a Navy SEAL, you want to be the president. Mm-hmm. Keep that in the back. That's the light at the end of the tunnel. Keep that word, whatever that is, back there, so it reiterates whatever it is you're going through, what it is you're trying to accomplish. Because there's the overall goal, and then there's and each goal you set in your life has a pattern to get to it. It's like earning the respect of a lady, right? You can see her on the outside and see what she is, man, but there's a lot you're going to have to go through before you put that ring on her finger. Mm-hmm. And at any point in time when you're going through life chasing your goal and your dream and you're like, man, I, I'm trying to, I don't like this part. Well, that's part of it. There's, mm-hmm. there, it's not all going to be great and good. Mm-hmm. Actually, it is all great and good. We label things a certain way because they get hard for us. Like we don't have True. bad days. We just have hard ones. And all that means you haven't been trained for it. And in all actuality, you are training for it. That's what's supposed to happen. I mean, you want that that kind of 
stuff to step in front of you because that's how you know you're making progress. And mm-hmm. if it was easy, anybody could do it. So why would you? Mm-hmm. Why would you even want to attempt it? And why do you think you, you should even skip that? Right, right. right. Why would you? Because yeah. if you pull out one of those pieces and then you get higher up and then the thing starts to tilt, like, what's the matter? What would what, we do mm-hmm. wrong? Well, you pull that pin out and you, or you didn't put it back where it was supposed to be. You didn't mm-hmm. check that box. And it was, it was one of those guiding principles that every morning waking up at zero four, going to swim, you know, and it, just like one thing, I, I mean, tired all the time. But then we would watch that documentary again. And then I plastered my, I was one of the guys, like I'd take all the posters and plaster it all over the walls. Like when I was in med school, anatomy <laughs> and physiology, I had to, all the skeletons everywhere and put labeled everything. So wherever I went, whatever I did, it was in my face. Because yeah. if that's all that's there, that's all you can become. Because it keeps it. Right there. Yeah. The minute something creeps in there to pull you out of it, and the minute you turn your head and it's something there to remind you what you're supposed to be doing, boom, it's gone. It doesn't even have a chance to to, to make it in there. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't. Got to keep things in your crosshairs. Right. Because that's where you're going to head. Front side focus. Mm. Imagine the minute you step into something, everything else is designed to get you out of it. Even your own body. Right. That's Mm -hmm. why it takes about two weeks when you're working out or two or three weeks to form a habit and to break one. Mm -hmm. And you ever notice when you start exercising, when you start doing something about that, that two-week mark or a little bit over that is when you get the weakest and the slowest and the most tired. Yeah. That's your body's last-ditch effort to say, are you sure you're wanting to do this? <laughs> because right after that is when somebody walks up and goes, man, you've been working out? You look good. And then, boom, then it's set. Yeah, yeah, then it's there. The minute somebody else recognizes it. And then you're like, yeah, all right, I am making progress. Because plateaus are there for a reason. They're to, make you, they're to give you some rest, to make you appreciate what you just climbed, and to make you mm-hmm. look at what you're about to climb. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. And that whole training pl- pipeline and everyone around us, I remember said we couldn't do it. And back when we were kids, you want, the, the programs were set up like this is the hardest thing possible. You're going to die if you go in here. No one makes it. You especially. Well, well that's what I want to go do. It's not everyone gets a trophy. It's real easy. You get your ass in there. But, but we didn't even go. We didn't even go to on those rides. Yeah. We didn't even go in that scary that, that haunted house. It's like it's not that scary. A haunted house has a passage like it's not that scary. Would you go in it? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's multiple ways to look at each scenario. And if you always look at it as like, I'm the one that's going in there to get it on. Mm-hmm. Well, then everyone else will be like, no. And we, we, everyone around us is like that. Yeah. Some of us are set down here to pull us in that direction. Some people down mm-hmm. here get sick. Some don't. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, everyone's different. That's why our community is so small. It's, it's like, man, it tells you you're going to die if you try to go in here. Mm. All right, let's do it. And that was the scariest thing for me because I, I was a little bit, I didn't like about my brother. He's the alpha. Mm. He's kind of the one that pushed us in the, in the, in those directions. But I always had to go first. That was the crazy part. Like, I got a <laughs> great he, idea. Was that by design from him? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> His idea. I, like, I got a great idea. Go check it out. I'm like, all right. So Let me know I, how it works. I, you know, I go in, man, I go in there and get my ass handed to me. He's like, I'll rethink it. I'm like, all right, you do that. You say he's older, right? It was seven minutes. That's what the older brother does. <laughs> right, right, right. Because back in the day, he'd be king. You know what I mean? So he, he, uh, he lets me know about it. So when you were, you guys were 14 and you guys were starting to do the Navy SEAL training. And I mean, did, did you have anybody that you could go to as far as some influence or guidance? Cause at 14, when you were, when it came to conflict or, or that tension and you, you were the one to kind of back up a little bit, even with your, even with Morgan, you know, testing you and pushing you and putting sure. you out front there, there's still that beacon that we need somebody that has done more than we have to kind of give us that path. Did you have somebody Absolutely. like that? And we don't talk about that as men very much. I call them pillars. There's like mm. guys that'll set up in your life. You, and a lot of people are like, man, why do you hang out with that person? But I don't even know. He's just here for a reason. Mm. 
And I, I did. My father was one of them. Then I had a martial arts instructor. He started, started training with him, Steve Hunter. And he, he gave me discipline and taught me about my skill sets and my body. And then there's a, a man by the name of Billy Shelton. And he still lives out here. And he's a Vietnam veteran. And he trained, he, like he would see him in the high school uh, doing weight training with the football players and the baseball players. And then he would train people to go into the military. So I bebopped over there one day. <laughs> I, you know, looking back at it, I, was, I, was, I can't believe I got it done. But I, I, I was scared. <laughs> Who's the guy in our town? The small town, right? You know the town, yeah. everyone's, the guy that everyone's scared of? <laughs> <laughs> the crazy one. You don't want to talk with it. no windows. Yeah, <laughs> that guy. You know what I'm talking about? You see him in the supermarket. You're like, whoa, yeah. let's go the other aisle, right? <laughs> and that's by design. I mean, he was. He's intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> Until he loves you. Mm. And then, then the intimidation turns into like that. Uh, it, it's mm. hard to explain, but I, I knocked on his door and I was like, I, I, I'd like to be a Navy SEAL. I was wondering if you'd train me to do that. And he looked at me all funny. And I was looking up at him. I had a growth spurt. Now, you know, <laughs> I, I, and uh, he's like, yeah, 430 tomorrow. And he slammed the door in our face. It was me and a couple of my buddies. So I showed up the next day at 430. I remember I came running up there. I was hauling the mail and he was already out there waiting on us. And he's looking at his watch and he was pointing at us and at the ground. And as we got closer, man, he was cussing us. I've been a, a SEAL for long, over 20 years. I still haven't been cussed like that. <laughs> he's coming up with some original stuff, <laughs> to say the least. And then he stopped us dead in the, in the street and, and he drew a line in the dirt in front of us. And he's like, every day you can come here, I'm going to draw a line in front of you and ask you to cross it. He's like, being in the Special Forces is a voluntary program. You can quit anytime you want. He's like, you should quit right now. He goes, you cross that line, I'm going to do everything I can to break you. He's like, you're going to bleed here. I ain't your mom. I don't care whether you live or die. He said, when a man goes to war, his brain turns to water and runs out of his ears, and all he has to go on is instinct and the guy on the right and left of him. He's like, you want some of that wow. cross the line, boy? And at 14, you're like, dun, dun, dun. You know, you've been <laughs> yeah. right? You watch superhero movies all the time. Like, I can do you, it. You can't hurt me. <laughs> yeah. Man. We crossed that line stupidly, and he was like, everybody on your faces, give me 300 push-ups for being late. And that's not a lot of push-ups, but if you got some guys who aren't in shape, you're going to be paying the man. And I was a guy who wasn't in shape. I mean, he would literally throw me. We started pushing the deck, and we started teeter-totter. Like, some of us were going down while the rest of us were going up. And he's like, stop what you're doing. He's like, as a team, you're going to go down together, and you're going to come up together, and you're going to live together and die together. You're not a team. Start over. We started over, started mashing the deck again, got out of sync. He's like, you didn't hear what I said? Down together, up together, live together, die together. You're not a team. Start over. And if it wasn't that phrase, just profanity. Then he started hitting us with the hose and roll and kick, man. <laughs> he was just, he was disgusted. He used to grade us with percentages. I'm not even going to get into that part. But, uh, you know, uh, he, he's like, get off my property. He's like, you're a damn disgrace. He's like, go home. And when you get home, walk right up to your daddy and punch him in the face, tell him to start over because he effed up on you. <laughs> That's what he told me. And I didn't, my dad was mean, dude. I was like, no, I'm not going to wow. do that, man. He, and as we, we were running out of there, we ran out of there. And he's like, you want to do it again tomorrow? Show up on time. Don't ever be late. See, Did your dad know that you guys were going over there? Yeah, he had to take us. We are too young to drive. Oh. Did your dad think, like, I don't want to drive over this guy? No, he loved Billy. He was like, man, beat their... Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, you guys want some of this? Sure, Billy will hook you up. <laughs> and that was our first lesson was being on time. Mm. He's like, if you're not 15 minutes early, then why would I waste one ounce of my time on you if you can't show enough respect to me? Because that's the first thing. Look, if anybody wonders how I got where I'm at or how you got where you're at, it's because we showed up. You boil it all the way back to your thought of what you want to do, then you announce it out of your mouth verbally, then next next step, showing up. And even if you show up and they kick you out of there, show up next day. Mm. And then the next day. There's so many stories of people who say, man, I just kept showing up. Or I just happened to be standing there, and then someone else didn't show up, and they were like, hey, come here, we need you. Mm -hmm. And then, all right, let me show you what I got. That's all it takes. One step after the other. 
climb a mountain, it's one hand over the other. You got to start at the bottom. You try to go all the way to the top first, you, the fall sucks. Mm. And I, he, 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 hit, he hammered that with us just time. He's like, all of our realities are perfect when you're by yourself at the house, looking in the mirror, everything's wonderful around. He's like, the minute you walk outside and walk into somebody else, if you, as soon as you run into the reality, if you ain't ready for what they're swinging, you could die. Is that, do you think that's where people get stuck is they want things to be what's comfortable? Yeah, they want their reality to co coexist and everyone right. kind of jump in. That's not how it works. It's a measuring problem. Life, marriage, business. All that. I mean, all that. So imagine if God had a perfect picture of what everything was supposed to be. Everybody thinks perfection is perfection. It's not. Because what's perfect to me is not perfect to you. Mm. Imperfection is perfection. It's like this wonderful puzzle and if you look at this picture, there's all different colors, designs. And then when you break that up, every part's different looking, funky looking. And then you spend life going around trying to see which piece you fit with. And some pieces fit together that they're not supposed to be together. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like marrying, the, you know, if you marry the wrong person. Or if you, if you, if you, we all have sins in us and virtues, right? If you marry a woman that likes to party and get, get crazy like you, probably going to be wild. <laughs> if you marry your opposite, your kids probably be perfect. So as you go through life, you're trying to find where you fit. That's the adventure. And it always looks funky in the beginning to you. And, and that's why age is ranked. You know, the longer you go through this, mm -hmm. you only got one day down here. Just one. I mean, the teams we had, the only easy day was yesterday. And you don't have any idea if tomorrow's coming. You just don't. Man, that's powerful, Marcus. That's why you leave a time remnant, right? Because you'll run yeah. back into yourself mm -hmm. at a different time. It used to be dressed up differently and look different. And however you treated somebody, it'll come back on you. Mm. So you got one day. When you get up, everything you need is probably going to be around you. The further you have to go out of your way, the further you're going out of your day. And uh, the day, oh, Marcus, you've just got like these nuggets mm -hmm. left and right, man. Well, the day is too heavy. Yeah, we all exist in it. You can't yeah. carry it. It's supposed to carry you. Like the birds mm -hmm. get carried by the wind, fish get carried by the water, humans get carried by the day. And if you try to lift it and try to come back on it, man, it'll, it'll crush you. Is that? Do you think that's where people struggle so much? Sure, man, because they don't know. Yeah. No one's, you know, they, they try to overthink it. You can overthink <laughs> most everything and make it hard. As, as opposed to just staying in the moment and letting it unfold. In the teens, we have this saying, don't run to your death. The gunfight will be there. Trust me. <laughs> the bullets reach back, right? So you want to go, you want to run mm. into it. No, no, man. We're just going to let it unfold, even in fights. And let that thing develop. See what happens. Somebody comes in blazing off the bat, man. They usually wear themselves out. And youth is a tool, but it can also be the wrong tool in certain situations. That's what we say. Age is rank. Experience is experience. Naive ambition can get yeah, you. Yeah, hurt. right. Yeah. And it's not anybody's fault. Yeah, it's, it's like, man, if you got one day down here to learn something, well, then you have to learn it a certain way. Mm -hmm. Even if I tell you not to do it, you're still going to have to go in and get in it. Mm -hmm. It's like being in school and having buddies that are in the grades above you, and you kind of seeing what they're learning. Man, you're still going to have to go through it. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, that's so hard to understand. I don't think actually we're, we're even if you, if we learn it, you, you're still going to have to do it. So it's kind of like, well, why, why even tell them that? Why stress about something you're going to face anyway? Boom. Mm -hmm. right? But if you don't pay attention, you're going to keep recycling. Yeah, it. it'll hit you yeah, hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. And, and that, that's, that's the beautiful thing about it. It recycles itself. Uh, you can You'll get, know what you need to learn because yeah, yeah, you can get caught the same up in thing. They'll mm -hmm. keep showing up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So go ahead. Anthony. So you said you're in, was it theater or drama in high school? Yeah, the theater program and drama. Those, and one's the fancy word to say in drama, and the other one's. <laughs> I just want to recap. On so stage, was, yeah. At first, I was a lighting and sound guy. <laughs> yeah. So it was 4.30. I was even good enough to be in on the stage. <laughs> That's the participation trophy. Yeah, what, what's up? <laughs> so it was 4.30 a.m., cross the line, get the shit beat out of you. 
And then theater and drama club in the afternoon. Yeah, and tennis and, and uh, <laughs> you know, well, the guys, my crew is diverse. I mean, they were buddies with the football player and everybody in between. Like, if, when you see my the guys I run around with, be like, "Why do you? Why do they hang out with you? Or why do you hang out with them?" I was like, "Man, because they have a strength that I have as a weakness. Mm. And when we're together, I don't feel it. Mm. I mean, it doesn't matter what we're doing. What kind? It's not work. If we're all together, it's a blast. And we're still like that. My wife, she has the fun times with, and you know, crazy because we just we just do. We have a, a wonderful time together. We make sure we always see each other, talk to each other on the phone." That's important. And um, even up into college, I went to college at Sam at the unit, Sam Houston State Unit. Only people from around here get that. Yeah. <laughs> like, where'd you go? I'm like, I'm a Bearcat. You know what that is? Like, no, like no one does, right? But it's up at the unit. So uh, <clears throat> reason we say that because death row, for, for people who aren't familiar, that's where our prisons are. <laughs> they call them units. <laughs> one yeah. side of the highway is Sam Houston State. <laughs> other side of the highway is the State Penitentiary. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Death row and all that. Uh, we have over a, by we the have a tree house. right between the two, right in the middle. <laughs> Boom, right there. And... Uh, we were steadily training for the for, to be in the in the military, and as I got into college and got older, and and I kind of grew and got stronger, then it, my my focus turned solely on becoming that. Were you you were uh, you were medical pre med when you were in school? A business. So okay. my father was a chemical okay. engineer. Okay, he was the smartest man I ever met. I loved him to death. He's a bit of an outlaw. He, you know, he's a tough man. You know, in our families, growing up, you have those uncles you can go joke around with, and there's the ones you don't, mm-hmm. right? I, I kind of had that. Mm. So uh, my mother is an angel straight from heaven. She's she's a hippie. So if you put a hippie and outlaw together, this is what you're gonna get. <laughs> and uh, I grew up on a horse ranch too, uh, quarter horses and thoroughbreds. Wow. So it's uh yeah. And um, as I as I shifted over and, and, and kind of grew, we we just that was the there was no, nothing else. Mm-hmm. You know when something gets a hold of you. I, my buddies and I talk about this sometimes. Like, I have plenty to do, but I don't really have anything to do. Mm. And it's like when you get your calling and it jumps in you, man, you just, all else stops, right? You just kind of mm-hmm. shift over and, and push into that. And that's yeah. what happened when it was time to go into the teams, yeah. So you graduated uh, college, and then did you and Morgan both go to Sam Houston? We did. He's got the hip. Um, for undergrad, he's, he's since gone to – he's got a – Went to Harvard for a little while and UT Southwest. You know, he's got his uh, overachieving nexus, right? He's like a <laughs> neuroscientist. I don't even know what half the words he's got coming out of him, right? But, um, which is great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it truly is, right? I, I was more of university of hard knocks kind of right. kind of yeah. thing. So from zero to 40, you have an opinion. 40 to 60 is your perspective. And then your mm. wisdom drops in after that, hopefully. And uh, that always shows up from a woman. Mm. You can't get it unless you deal with him. Mm. And... um I remember going in, and he he came in about a year and some change after me. I was still in the pipeline, the program. I mean, it takes it took me three and a half years to get from start to where till I got to my SEAL team. So you so you enlisted in the Navy after you graduated? Yeah, I did. Yeah, went through uh, basic. I did. Yeah. Um, did you tell like Did you go to the recruiting office? You're like, I'm going to oh, be yeah. a Navy SEAL. Yeah, Mo- Mojo did. He uh, Morgan, my brother, right? Yeah. We call him Mojo. He he went first. So, so our recruiter's name was Bo Walsh. He was a Navy SEAL. This is the best part. So my recruiter was a SEAL. And I remember Morgan comes up. He's like, hey, man, I, I went down to Conroe to the Navy recruiter. He's like, there's a SEAL in there. And uh, I the walked pinnacle in. since you were 14. Boom. Right? He's sitting right there, man. And he, had, he goes, he was in his camis. He had his boots unlaced. And they had him propped up on his desk. He had his sideburns. I mean, like the coolest dude. 
just cooler than the flip side of a pillar, right? And I was like, man, I was like, I'm going to come down there and meet him. So I drove down there and I opened up the door and he was about as big around as that bottle. I was a little, you know, because I was too. I thought, you know, seals look like that joker right over there, man. They're all beefed <laughs> out. But he had a big old trident on his chest. A big old dip of Copenhagen in his lip. And he's kind of like, hey, man, will you want to go play some golf? And I was like, sure, let's do it. So we went out and he kind of just started recruiting and telling us stories about being in the SEAL teams. I mean, hearing it straight from their mouth. Mm-hmm. And he, he was just telling everything he would say to me, no matter what it was. He's like, I was stuck out on a boat doing these missions. And I was like, oh. Dude. Just fueling the fire. Man, they would just gas every time. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, I got to do that. And I kept thinking, because I was in, in shape, and and I, he, you know how you can tell when someone's testing you? So I would kind mm. of get at him a little bit, and he's like, all right, youngster, let me bring your ass over here, man. He's like, we're going to work out. We're going to do a complete workout during the day, and then we're going to go swimming. And, I mean, he crushed me on every – he whipped me so bad, I, I, I didn't even make it through the point. He was still going with a smile on his face. We got in the pool, and I swam 100 yards underwater. He swam 250 and then came up and, and shot underwater. me the finger at, underwater. Wow. <laughs> I mean, this guy was an animal. It's all a mindset. Mm. That's what you can't understand before you go in. And the biggest thing, it's not the physical, it's the mental thing, what they do to us. And that, that's the when they break us and bring – they have to break us and they bring us back. That's why it's designed that way. We don't say it like that because it'll scare people, but you literally have to go get broken. You got to break comfort, Correct. right? Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They break all that comfort. They just chisel that away to your nothing. And that's why you have to do it together, and that's why you have to volunteer. Mm. You have to want it. You have to want to get – you have to want that so bad that you're willing to break everything else to get to it inside of you. So, Getting into the teams, um, special forces, and you have to volunteer for it, which not everybody wants to do. Everybody thinks they do, right? But is there a, a pretty tough process to even get the opportunity to go to BUDS? Or is it, if you want to do it, here, show up? Okay, that's a great question, the way you, the way you worded that. And I, I hadn't really thought about it till this moment. But it depends on the person. Because mm. just going down there and signing up to go into the military mm. is just a, a process. Mm. I mean, just in itself, sitting there and signing all that paperwork, going through MEPS, taking all those tests, then leaving the family, and then going to Great Lakes, right? They call it Great Mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people get to there, and then like, I can't take this. I can't be mm-hmm. away from my family that long. And then every, it seemed like every day was an, another, like I said, it had, they have to break you. In mm-hmm. order to do that, they kind of stretch you back out up into the moment to where the minute you you're, you you break or you're fixing to break, the next step is like, oh, it's that, it's like, I got to the, I got there. And that's mm-hmm. what they're wanting. And I was like, hey, if you mm. want this bad enough, so does everybody else. So how do you reward? Well, we got to make it hard. Mm. We got to push you. We got to keep pushing you. And then every step of that, when someone would quit or die or, or, or like, man, okay, well, I'm still here. I thought I was the weakest among us. I mean, I, I run fast. I mean, I wasn't the smartest or anything like that, the strongest, nothing. But I just kept showing up. And my, at the bottom of all my journals and in the, in the back of my head, I just say work harder than everybody else. That's all I got is my work ethic. My father gave me that. He's like, I don't care if you, you ugliest, funky-looking thing. To, I mean, I got kids now. And I'm like, hey, you're beautiful. I love you. My dad's like, man, you're funky-looking. I, You know, I don't even know what's going on with you, man. But uh, he's like, you're going to have a work ethic from hell. <laughs> you outwork about anybody. And he would throw me into those work crews and, I mean, just move me around and have me hustle and work. He's like, you know how you get in shape for digging a hole? Dig a hole. And he would have us out there just digging a hole and filling it back in. Why? Who knows? It worked. I mean, I, you know, you just, you, 
if you think you're in a situation that you're, you're trying to go after something that you want and it's getting hard, then you're in the right situation. It's not hard. That's part of it. It's part of it. Mm-hmm. And always remember that because the minute you tell yourself that it's, it's something that's coming down on you, it's like, no, nah, you ain't, ain't coming down on you. You're coming up into it. Mm-hmm. And you're putting that, that weight on, that weight of life or whatever it is you're going into. It feels different. That's how you mm-hmm. know you've changed. Mm-hmm. And if you're not feeling that, then you're not trying hard enough. Mm-hmm. Did you have to get like a letter from a senator or get recommendations to for the the buds program the seals to go? Yeah, we'll take him. We'll, so we'll I, give him a chance. I was enlisted. The officers have to do that. Okay, they have to get congressional approval, and especially if they go into the academy, wow. if they're going to the academy, it's a yeah, it's a, it's a. There's not very many of us <laughs> overall. There's more enlisted than there are officers. So our officer squadron is is, is particularly small, mm-hmm. and. Um, it's a numbers game. Like most people don't want to go through that. So guys signing up enlisted wise, they're just like, Hey, here's the program, sign up for it and then get in there and, and try and make it. It's like that. So the, um, the dropout rates really high. It's almost 80 something percent. So attrition. roughly how many, uh, typically does a class have a maximum number they'll let in? Yeah. I think that kind of, so there's five classes a year and, wow. and I had a hundred and around 164 guys in my class, 10 made it. And my brother had 200 and something in his class. I think max is 250 in the beginning because instructors are, are seals in the compound and the gear is only set up for a certain, and you can only keep eyes on it. I mean, I mean, more people die in our training than they do in combat. That's a little gym we keep from you guys. So you, if you have wow. that many guys running around in, in a death situation, it's hard to keep up with them. Right. That's why it's so small. And that's why the classes are divided up. And each phase is designed for a certain thing. First phase, just to beat down gut check. Mental and physical torture to make sure you have what it takes just to go to follow on training. Second phase is our dive phase. It's actually what separates us from every other special forces is our ability to what we do underwater. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've over 2,000 hours underwater. I mean, I've fallen asleep underwater twice. I mean, it's wow. my longest dive was 10 hours and 47 minutes. That's pitch black water, can't see your hand, just kicking out. Wow. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what, what they do to us is unbelievable. Unbelievable. And then after a dive phase, it's weapons and demolition. And you, I mean, it's basic blow stuff. shit up. Yeah, blow shit up, man. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The and you've touched on this, and the the point is to break you. But there's also a point where, and I, I think we find this in life, whether it's an athlete or in business, is we're looking for these benchmarks to go. As long as I can get here, if I can just get here, then then I focus on the next one. Yeah. Right. And so every hard day that you show up, and you show up the next day. You made it, yeah. right? You're just, you're one day closer, yes. but, but when you go through a program like Bud's, which lasts how long? It's how? Uh, seven months. If you do it straight through, I broke my femur and my pelvis. So I was there for 11 months. <sighs> oh, you don't want to spend extra time there, man. Cause you're getting, <laughs> I was getting, even when I was on crutches and my leg was broke, they had me out in the, out in the ocean surf torturing me. I had to hold my crutches up. <laughs> it's hilarious. I mean, it's funny. I'm sorry. Go ahead. When, uh, when you went in, you had a growth spurt in college. Yeah. Okay. And I grew another inch when I was 20, inch and a half when I was 23 in buds. So at your, at your height in buds, what? what? Six, five, <laughs> I was six, five, 280 pounds when I came out of SEAL teams. Wow. I remember I came home from my mother, my grandmother's funeral. They're like, Who are y'all? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. I, I was one of those guys that wasn't married. There was no wife, no kids from zero to 40. You're trying mm. to figure out the man you're not. And we were married to that life. Wow. I mean, so I, man. Um, I was like, hey, man, if you give me something, turn me green, I can grow eight feet and, you know, Hulk out. I'm all about that. Well, I just didn't turn green. 
I grew and got big, but I didn't, I didn't, uh, yeah, this is all government work. <laughs> government issue right here. Government <laughs> issue. Yeah. Mark one motto right here. Yeah. If, you're, if, you, if you're worried about your size, your height, join the military. What's uh, when it, when people look at, you know, like uh, Navy SEAL looking at the movie GI Jane, they, that, I think that's probably the most recent movie done of SEAL training to a degree. Um, oh, well, you mean well, in no, its entirety. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, a lot of the underwater training where I, I've seen pictures where, um, you know, guys, their, their hands were zip tied and then were they, uh, tied or something to a cinder block in the pool. Yeah. Uh, and they've got, they've got, tr- uh, seals in there, the instructors, but I mean, the, what is the point of that exercise? Cause that, the, I okay, mean, that, so the, the cinder block is, is not tying. Those okay. are two different things. Okay. So there's pool comprehensive week, right? You got to swim 50 meters underwater. Uh, then not tying you have the. You're in the Navy, right? You're a sailor. You got We tie demolition and all that stuff. So you, mm-hmm. you have this rope. You tie it. It's wrapped around your canteen. I hadn't thought about that in a while, bro. And you have to tie all these five different knots. So you have to go down to the 15-foot section. There's a center block down with a rope tied in between. You got to swim down there and tie all those knots. But then there's an instructor sitting across from you, evaluating you. And so you'll tie a knot, and you'll have to look up at him, and he'll go like this, and he'll go, he'll look at it, and he'll kind of mess with it a little bit because these guys can hold their breath for five plus minutes. You're, you're in the beginning. You're just micro like, right? One my one buddy, I'll never forget. He went down. He tied the knot, and he went, he was like, "Is this good? Is this good?" And 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 the instructor was like, "He's like, he's like, no, it's good." And then the knot started. The rope started floating away. He didn't tie it around the other rope. <laughs> <laughs> and then guys die all the time. I mean, they drown because I mean, in the instructors, you can hear them laughing through their snorkel. And this one one instructor, I'll never forget. This guy was tying the knots, and he to hear him tell it's hilarious because he's like, "Bro, I was sitting there tying this knot, and all of a sudden I started." I started floating like this, and I could hear that bastard yelling at me through his snorkel, or laughing at me through his snorkel. And then he did the fishing rod and rolled up the middle finger at me as I floated away dead. And they grab him by the shorts and throw him on the pool, and we're all sitting there Indian style facing the other direction. So you can hear these dudes dying behind you. It was one of the most intimidating uh, things we went through, I, I remember. Guys were freaking out. And they would pull that guy up, and they'd you know bring him back to life, hit him in the back, but give him wow. CPR, and then he puke up all that water. And the first words out of their mouth was like, "Hey, you want to quit?" And be like, "No, no instructor." And they throw him back in the water, right then. He's like, "Get back down and finish." And he drowned again. Dude, I couldn't believe it. I was, I was intimidated. I was scared to death. And um, the other one is is drown proofing. And this is really good. That's when they tie our hands and feet together behind our back. I still have the scars from that. And it's there's. There's a travel portion where you have to sw- you have to travel across the pool, and then there's a, a floating portion where you got to bob up and down, and um, it's making my heart race just like trying to visualize this. Oh, it's the worst. <laughs> Minute you, the, the funniest thing is so it's in the the deep part of the pool, so you'll have to breathe out to sink down, and then you push off. And when you come out, it's like it's learning how to control your breath. So imagine mm-hmm. you never really get out of shape. All right. Well, you, if you notice, like when you're running everything, it's your breath that goes first. Mm-hmm. So if you learn how to control your breath in any situation, that's endurance. Mm. Right. So you have to modulate your breath to the bottom, to the top. And what happens is the guys get stuck in the middle. And you, mm. you, there's nothing to blow out, so you can't sink. And they can't push off the deck to get to the top. And they'll, they drown. It's hilarious. I mean, it's the scariest thing you've ever seen in your entire life, man. It's hilarious. I, man. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hilarious, man. I, we, 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 we do that, but yeah. But that's also, I mean, by design. That's first phase. To p- that's only first phase. <laughs> God. Like in the first couple of weeks. Wow. 
they say it's a fire hose thing. When you get in there, man, like we look, we, when I say break you, it's important that they don't break our spirit. Mm. That's a difference. Break the body, break the mind, don't break the spirit. Because mm. if you break that, then they're, they're, you'll see them in the corner, like sucking their thumb kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And they do want guys in. But breaking everything else, you can fix that. You can fix that. You just got to push people to the limit. Yeah, and they know yeah. that. I mean, not only are you dealing with SEALs, but the, I mean, the, 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 the amount of research that goes into everything that they do to us has been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, this isn't just something that they're guessing at. Right. I mean, when I say that like people die and, and all that, that, that's part of it. That's part of it because it is so regimental of how we do these evolutions because it has to produce a certain thing. And a lot of people think, well, why would you do that? It produces a physical, it doesn't have anything to do with a physical thing. That, that, that's a mental test. And if they don't get past it, then they don't, they can't understand what it is we do. And that's so important when y'all send us in, you got to think y'all send us in when you've had enough when you're tired of whatever it is that you're dealing with. Imagine everyone in America looking at one bad guy and getting upset at him. And that, that's when we come in. Mm. That's when y'all pull us off the chains. Other than that, man, we just sitting there like seals and we bark at stuff, look at shiny things on the ground, <laughs> have something cold to drink, right? I'll fast forward a little bit and see how it relates to your youth and, and the training in seals. 2016, you did a speech at the RNC in Cleveland. Uh, and it, met, it was met with half praise and half criticism. Walk us through that. Well, I don't worry about all that. And that, that was the craziest time. But that whole, just to get me there. Mm. I don't know if you walked on stage. I had just flown in and landed. I was late getting off. Of, I was at a speech somewhere else, came in. They tried to hand me my speech. I was like, well, I don't, I don't read those. You know, somebody else writing my words for me. And then, um, but I, I remember walking up there and it looked like we were at a, a national championship kind of thing. Mm. It's amazing what, what it feels like in those rooms. But... Anything I said had to be said. I just don't make this stuff up. I mean, you can, you can judge it from any yeah. way you want, but unless you've been in my shoes, then why, why would you? Mm. I don't ever judge anybody, ever. Mm. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't understand what you walk in, what you go through on a day-to-day basis. But, I, I mean, I know what I go through, so if I say it, and, I mean, I'm not just saying it to say it, mm-hmm. there's something to it. Mm. People don't understand. It's like the further you get away from the truth, the, far, the, the harder it is to hear it when someone speaks it. Wow. Yeah. And I don't say anything unless I've seen, I've been on both sides of it. Mm -hmm. My whole life, all I ever wanted was wisdom. You know how hard that is? Mm -hmm. Because you have to go through the good, the bad, and then you have to go through the emotional roller coaster of it. Mm -hmm. That's why I kept my mouth shut most of my life. Zero to 40, you just have an opinion. Mm -hmm. So if you're under 40 years old, that's your opinion. Mm -hmm. You got something to say to me after that, your perspective, I'll listen. And then your wisdom, if you're older than me, I'll definitely listen to you. It's important that you that you understand that age is rank. I'm just shoveling that stuff out of my mouth just to say it. <laughs> that was a big, you know, coming from the teams where it's small groups and small groups of friends, and and you end up on a stage with that many people. That that's a lot to take in. Yeah, you know, fifteen thousand. I could have gone extremely wrong. I, you know, it's funny when I got when I got off stage, they were like, you know, good job. I didn't think about it as you know the whole world watching it. I, I was thinking about the people that were in front of me mm. and what I was there to. To, to say talk to the front row yeah. a big part of that speech was the, the the missing connection that the government had at the time around the hell that soldiers go through when they're on duty and then to come back to a nearly mirror hell sure. in a different direction and then i believe i said that the, that there was a war coming here aren't we in it right now mm-hmm. 
I'm, I said that. I made that perfectly clear. And then you, you, you met, you know, if you say, people are saying something about it, well, well, guess what? You're in it right now. So mm-hmm. now what? Mm-hmm. For the guys, I just don't say that stuff just to say it. Yeah. Yeah. It's different coming from somebody that actually experienced it. Yeah, because when you know, a lot of times when people say when I say stuff like that, you think I'm coming down on you. I'm not coming down on you, man. I'm trying to tell you what's up. Mm-hmm. You, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not judging you or anything like that. I was just telling you what's coming. Now it's here. So and, and operationally, you need clarity to know exactly, like at least a plan of where you're headed, right? To give you at least a blueprint of what you could be facing. Because you, you, that's you need clear truth. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah that's, that's the wonderful thing about having more than one person around mm-hmm. and listen to what they have to say. Mm-hmm. If you're not listening to what they have to say, then you're missing something. Mm-hmm. Everything, everybody, everything and everybody down here is a gift, a, a treasure, really. Because mm-hmm. there's not one person down here is the same color, not one person down here is the same height. Everyone's fingerprint is unique. And as you're, you're as unique as that fingerprint. Mm-hmm. And as you go through life, man, we all receive it differently. I don't care if you're reading the same words. You apply it differently. Mm. That's true. That's like, a fact. Everybody can read the same passage. They're all going to get something different from it. Absolutely. Yeah. I, sometimes my wife and I, I would sit back when we first got married, we'd be in a disagreement, and I couldn't figure out why. And then I would get mad at myself or getting mad at her, you know, at me. It was like a repetitive cycle. Come to find out, she was just saying the same thing I was saying, but just a different way. Mm-hmm. You're just trying to, you're, like, we kind of all want the same thing. Just everyone trying to say it a different way. Mm-hmm. And if you step back long enough and just don't get upset, and you kind of listen to what people are saying, and you realize, like, okay, I, there's a difference between wants and needs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, we, we need this. I don't care what you want. You can go earn that. Mm-hmm. Need is completely different, like the safety and all that stuff like yeah. that. And there's people down here who provide it. Mm-hmm. Don't get in the way when we do that. And definitely don't question it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, get on, the, get on the line. You know, lead, follow, or get the hell out of the way. We're reading this book right now, uh, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Mm-hmm. Run Habit 5, and it's interesting because it talks about the five different types of listening. And the most effective is empathetic listening. Like you're listening because you're generally curious, you're open to learn, which is typically the hardest for people because they're listening, but they're wanting a certain response. Sure. Then they get upset when they don't get it, right? But in your case, from being an operator as a SEAL, when orders come down, You've got to listen to learn what ex- exactly you have to do, right? Because then everybody has to get on board with the same mission to be able to get an outcome together, sure. right? Well, there's a huge difference between sitting and listening and sitting and waiting to talk. Mm. And then you tell me what you want done, and then you're going to tell me how to do it? Well, then you do it. Mm. You just tell me what you want done, we're trained. It's like telling your heart surgeon how to work on you. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could do that, but otherwise you kind of, it's trust, Mm-hmm. I mean, just that, that's why we put so much hard work into this. Why it was so hard to get that job, man. And so you guys would like, we, it is time for us. You just, you don't have to worry about it. We'll go do our deal. I'm not saying not keep an eye on us and keep the reins on us when we get back. That's a, that's part of it too. That's that cycle. There's no way I could exist if everyone, every one of y'all weren't as extreme as I am in your own capacity. You get rid of us. We just, we, we wouldn't even be allowed to exist. That's a beautiful thing about our generation. Generation X, man, we're completely different. We're hybrids. Like the that's baby true. boomers, man, that's they hate true. each other. Mm-hmm. Their war messed them up. Vietnam, you know, hippies and the Patriots, they, they hate each other. You can see it going on right now. Mm-hmm. And then the, the generation that hated war so much put their kids in a 20-year one. Wow. And now, and now we're coming back. Yeah. I mean, he sent us away for 20 years. That's what war is. You can't figure out what to say. Old men lying, young men dying. Mm-hmm. 
I was perfectly honest about that when I was on stage, and I didn't say it like that, but that's what it is. Mm-hmm. You think, like, I told you I don't like to fight, but I will if I have to. The only time you ever actually have to stand up and be recognized as an American is when we say the pledge. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, just go about your business and enjoy this place. Mm-hmm. I mean, and there's some of us that are designed to go do things that some of us are designed to do others. I mean, I was going to say, it's, it's, I don't ever judge anybody. What drives your passion now? A woman sitting in the corner right over there. <laughs> She's everything to me. Like I said, I, we, we, we met on a blind date. Really? Yeah, I asked her to marry me that night. I moved in with her the next day. That was zero to 40, no wife, no kids. <laughs> I, I, I met her right a little bit before 40, so I didn't make it all the way. But when you know, you know. I tell the young guys, like, all right. When you meet a woman for the first time, she's going to drag one or two dudes out of you. That one guy wants to go out, show off, get some scars, and do regular stuff, or the one who wants to go in the house, watch a notebook, and not let anybody see it. <laughs> <laughs> if both them guys show up at the same time, when she's just, you don't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. I was like, uh, I didn't know what to do with my hands, right? <laughs> I had a Ricky Bobby moment. Full on Ricky Bobby. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> I went in there to piss excellence. Come to find out, I didn't know what to do with my hands, right? Uh, uh, so... When that happened, there was a shift. I could feel it. I, mm. I knew exactly what it was, and I, and I didn't. Mm. And then I knew it was time to, to transition. I knew it was time to go and on that path. And then she sets the, the path, the rules. Man, I'm for protection and enforcement. You know, whatever she she wants and needs, we go we go go together. We're we're a perfect team. And in the beginning, you know, you hear the the, the wife term, and it, it as it was something other than a perfect teammate. Like I married my opposite. That's why our kids are great. Mm. And the minute I think that I can't, like if I'm getting frustrated or something like that, I just realize that she sees things from a different lens through it. And, and it's my job. It's, she's my mate. So I got to figure out how to make that work. That's the spice of life. Mm. Like the minute you come down on it, I'm like, well, if everything was everything, it'd be boring. Especially for guys like us. We want it to be different. Only point is, man, you don't need anger in that or meanness. I mean, you turn on the TV, everybody... Today, man, on TV, like my grandmother used to call it being ugly to each other. Man, y'all just being ugly. Left and right. You're just talking yeah. all that. You ain't got nothing nice to say. In a perfect world, social media should probably uh, be deleted at the end of every day <laughs> or at the end of every week. Because you can look up some stuff online on social media that happened a couple years ago and get upset about it. And that person could be dead for all we know. You know, or, or what they were saying was just at a spur of the moment. And you can't pick up sarcasm. Yeah. And most people are sarcastic. Mm-hmm. Right, they like to joke around and they'll say something that was supposed to be sarcastic, and people will just blow it up, man. And you're like, you oh, know, um, and I think that, that we're just learning, you know, all that stuff's new online. Like I said, we're hybrids, so we're a little bit of the old, a little bit of the new. And then you have the millennials, they're all tech. And um, I think it's just those developing those skill sets and then reimagining, you know, that what it what it's like with all that and use it as a tool for good as opposed to just, yeah, I mean, you can beat somebody down with it all you want, but. I mean, why? Well, mm-hmm. Why would you knowingly hurt somebody? Yeah. It's it's strange. I mean, people have gone back as far as five, six years and pulled out a tweet and then ruined somebody's career, whether comedian or politician or, you know, Joe Blow, sure. entrepreneur, business owner, you know, for something that they said that they didn't even pull out the context of it. Just one statement, 140 words or less, and then they just. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. And some of those topics, it's a snapshot. You can't discuss yeah. it in that amount of time. Mm-hmm. And what was it, Kavanaugh, when they were saying, in high school, did you drink a beer? And they were, I was like, oh, man. I was like, you, yeah. Didn't everybody? <laughs> you didn't? The, the, you were the kids we didn't hang out with. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I 
I was like, man, you, you're supposed to change. I mean, you're supposed to learn your lessons and, and, yeah. and grow from that. Yeah. To be hammering people for something that you don't want to start that rabbit hole. Mm. I, I wouldn't think. I mean, because yeah. we all made mistakes back in the day. Yeah, they got the went social media when we were kids. Right? We were oh, man. Well, that's our favorite joke. Yeah, ain't no phone back when we were kids. Yeah, we oh, got that lucky generation. Yeah. <laughs> right? That hybrid. We got stuck in, in that no zone where it was like, hey, we just got You know what not to do. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so on the same arena, so Morgan's going for Congress. Yeah. Running against uh, Kevin Brady. No, Kevin stepped down. That's Kevin why. stepped down. Okay. Yeah. So he's running. He's going to... Uh, Great guy. I mean, he, he helped me. He was in Congress for yeah. 20 years, 25 years? Long time. 31 years. There we go. Mm. It's a long time. What are some things that you've uh, had conversations with Morgan on that you want him to focus on or you think would behoove him to focus on? The minute I turned on my TV in the morning and I saw people throwing kids over, our, over that wall like sacks of trash <sighs> and then man. women getting raped. Yeah. I was like, man, what, what are you even talking about? What the hell's the matter with you? What the hell's the matter with you? How's that even happen? Like sacks of trash. Mm-hmm. A child. Yeah. We can't be having that. Yeah. You can do, run anything, I mean, you can run anything else you want through there. Fine. It's a, it's a supply and demand. They wouldn't be bringing all that stuff over here if somebody over here wouldn't want it. Mm-hmm. I mean, but you'd be throwing kids over that wall like trash and raping women. I, I, mm-mm, mm-mm. And anybody in any position of power who's not doing something about that, you're wrong. I don't pick, you're not supposed to have political parties. Said that, the founder said that. Because mm-hmm. parties play out, house parties play out. You don't even want to go to them. I and mean, people get mean, nasty, mm-hmm. there ain't nothing getting done. As opposed to, man, we're supposed to work together. It's one team, one fight. You don't remember how powerful we could be and how much we could get done if everybody just kind of give to the middle, right? Figure it out. And that's my brother's job. He's got to figure all that stuff out. But I, when I saw that, I mean, I've been to hell yeah. and hung out there for a while. And they weren't throwing kids in there. That just got me the wrong. I mean, I just didn't, you know, I, don't, I don't tolerate that. Yeah, I saw that, man. You just, man, like, there was a huge trigger. That. Yeah. Women and kids. I've never even raised my voice to the woman. You know, and I kept track. There's got to be one person down here that doesn't do that. I'm not saying this, I mean, you know, you do it to each zone, right? But I never have. Yeah. And um, our kids are our future. You mistreat them, beat them, tell them lies, make them hate, and you, you'll reap what you sow. Plant that seed early when they grow up and inform <clears> and stand by. That's why I focus only, I mean, a lot on kids, man, teaching them discipline, respect, respect for our women. You can make them into anything you want, but right now it's like living in a house with divorced parents. <laughs> like one, one, some of them get in there and they give you all the money you want and shut you up. And then the other one's like, get to work. And this, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about? Man, this is that, what it feels that's like to me. a pretty good analogy. <laughs> and, I, I, and I, I'm not saying either one of those are bad because I love, you know, one side of you, you love them, yeah. right? I want, I want them to do well. I don't talk bad about them. I mean, it's our president. Don't say anything to Mr. President. Mm-hmm. Don't call him a name. I mean, the media just tear. I don't like, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. You may not like the person, but you have to respect the office. It, mm-hmm. That's, that's our office. That's, uh, that's our office. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, we, it, Look at the White House as mom and dad, Congress, Senate, aunts and uncles. And we're all the cousins, nieces and nephews out here running around. Don't talk smack about your uncle, man. Don't wash your laundry. I mean, I, I just don't. You ain't got nothing something nice to say in a constructive way, man. Keep your mouth shut. Unless you have a solution. So, exactly. That's yeah. my point, man. Say something. And if it is, then you, then you can work together. Mm-hmm. Maybe people getting up and walking out just because somebody says something. On, I mean, there are 
There's 50 different states of people down here. 50 different states of minds. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're the United States. That's why we, uh, I, it's so important. I mean, the way, it, I love this country so much and the people in it. When I got pulled off the line of SEAL teams after I got hurt with the books and the movies and I had to travel around 300 days a year, city to city, state to state, meeting everybody and armed up with this. It's truly the best thing ever happened to me. Mm. I mean, I got to see how special each individual person is to this country, even if you don't know what they do. I mean, just people do things. I have jobs that you don't even know exist. Yeah. And they're just trying to get like get through it like we are, mm. and to discount any one of them. I, I don't understand that now. I, I mean, I couldn't see it before because I was it fifty three percent of all people I think on the globe don't leave the town they grew up in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Think about that. Mm-hmm. There's so much out there and so different, even just two towns over. Yeah. I mean, if you're born into poverty and you think life's terrible, move. Because somebody on the other side will be happy to see you. It's that fear that paralyzes. Fear yeah, of change. Yeah, yeah. But, it, but is it the change or is it that part of, and I don't know where we get this, Marcus, is when we, we know there's something we need to do different. Yeah. But there's this barrier of fear, the unknown is it, am I capable? Can I do this? Or is it optics of what people think? Like there's so many spokes in that, but the moment you take a step is like that, you know, there's something back here you want to do, right? But the moment you take the first step, just the first one, all of a sudden you feel you're making progress. Sure. But it's that first step, you know, how, for you and a lot, so many of the things that you've done, even as the timid kid that ended up becoming a Navy SEAL, that first step, right? What was that push, that first step for you to get you in that direction? Because um, that's well, probably the one that, I mean, that's the catalyst. Yeah, it is. I was blessed to have a good parent. It's yeah. kind of like, imagine those birds when they try to push, mom trying yeah. to push them out of the nest. You can fly. No, no, what? <laughs> no, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> right? Until, yeah. The only way you know until they, they get booted out of the nest. And mm-hmm. fear and being afraid are two different things. Fear is the mm-hmm. fuel for your willpower. It's like, it, it's, your, it's letting you know that there's something to catch your attention. You're supposed to probably pay attention to it. Being afraid to leave you a blobber and mess, laying on the ground, can't do nothing. I've been there one time. But fear, man, mm. it kind of amps you up. And then I'll talk to people who've been training for a while, and the one thing that, that gave them the fear, like, man, I still have it. I'm like, well, that's not what that is, man. That's anxiousness. Those two things run off the same gland. It's like, man, trust, believe in yourself. Mm. But believe in yourself that you're supposed to take a step and go in that direction, and especially if you're growing up. Know that you were here for a reason. And if that reason's calling to you, go do it. Mm-hmm. And then eventually what happens is God will push people around to start pushing in that direction. Mm. You know what I mean? That's what we're, that's what we're for too. It's kind of like, hey, I, you know, I need you to go do your deal so I can do mine. You know, you stay in your lane, I'll stay in mine. And we'll do this together. Not, not apart. I won't leave anybody behind because we're going to need them. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like we're talking about pulling that pin now that is like that hinge pin. Yeah. It's that person that you forget about. You don't pay attention to. They're the ones that were supposed to be there. And when you, when you, a lot, we were talking about this the other day, it was a cup of water on, on someone's like it was half empty. As the people who say that glass is half empty, I've never been thirsty. <laughs> I've been so freaking thirsty in my life, I was drinking my own blood and urine. It's just a glass was bigger than what that water was. Most people find an inkling of anything to get out of an uncomfortable situation. I'll, I'll find to stay in it. You can become. I don't want to say proficient in chaos, but I've been trained in it enough to when I'm in hell as when I activate. It's not a thing for me. There's a, have you heard of a guy named Andy Frazella? Oh. He's got this program called 75 Hard. Does that ring a bell? No, sir. 
He's uh, it's his program. He owns a supplement company, and he, he, part of his narrative is you know people just get so lazy, and they they really short step themselves in so much in life because they're they're they want to embrace comfort, and they need to they need to shackle that or get rid of the shackles of uh, just the laziness. And people say they want to be a million dollar you know CEO. They want all this stuff in life, but they're not willing to work for it. So the 75 hard program is about taking these five, six simple steps of get up and you, you work two workouts a day, 45 minutes. Uh, you drink a gallon of water, stick to a nutrition plan and uh, it's indoor and outdoor workout, but you stick to it. And if you fail one of those things every single day, you got to start over, go back to day one. And it's to like kind of almost purge yourself to show you what you're capable of mentally. Because like you said about uh, in buds, it, the biggest brawliest guy that you'd think would be the one that makes it. Mm-mm. It's not physical. It, it's it's the mental. Those part. ones that get it gone. Mm. The day one when I showed up, there was a guy. He was yoked out. I was like, oh, there's what a seal looks like. He was going in like thirty <laughs> minutes. He was crying, <laughs> crying. And I heard one of the preachers talking about this the other day. He goes, um, he's like, I was praying for this. He's like, Lord, please, I want to do this. I'd like to, I'd like to be this. If you could just help me with that. And then the next day, you know, they start going and they get in these situations and they're like, Lord, please help me get out of this situation. It's uncomfortable. I know. I, I'm like, well, no, no. Yesterday you was asking, you said you wanted to do this. This is what makes that happen. So you praying to get in it and praying to get out of it. And that's like a throwing in and drive in reverse. Mm-hmm. There are no bad times. So the minute you ask for something and pray for it and you start going out and it starts running in front of you, whatever <laughs> it is, keep going. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and if you want to work out and get in shape, you'll work out and get in shape. Yeah. And people will come around you. They're like, hey, you want to, should we go do this? And it's the smallest thing. I mean, start small. Mm. Don't go in there that first day. I remember after all my surgeries, I'd be laying there just in the fetal position. And I, I couldn't even stand. I mean, my wife had to carry me. I'd be like, all right, I'm going to do one push-up. I'd do it off the wall. I couldn't even lift myself up. I, I could barely even push off the wall. And I'd just sit there and do that until I could. And then I would slowly push myself back down. Because when we lift weights, the minute you throw any, any more weight on your body than, than, than you have, you're getting stronger. Yeah. And this thing is the most, it's, um, it, it's undescribable what this thing's capable of. It is. Can't even imagine. But our, our bodies can go so much further if we just push it, right? So this is your vessel. Yeah. Imagine getting dropped into a race car and not knowing how to drive it. There's all these buttons and everything. It's like, man, what does that do? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and as we go through life, you learn how to drive it. And it gets, and, and the harder you drive your car, and you say them old muscle cars, they, they creak and they, not, not after you get them warmed up, they don't. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they're getting out of shape, man. They're getting so tight. That's why that, that, that's like with muscles, man. The, the harder you push this thing, the tighter it gets. That's why we creak in the morning. But once you get going, st- stand by. Creaks a little bit more the older we get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, man. But that's by, that's how you know it's got some experience on it. Mm. Do not show back up with what you got issued. I've always heard that. Don't mm. go back up to heaven with what you got issued. You better have some scars on that thing. Otherwise, you didn't try hard enough. This is supposed to be fun down here. There ain't no reason why we can't have a good time. Wow. I mean, life is yeah. its own thing. Yeah. You ever notice that? Because when things die, it keeps going. Mm. It's its own cycle. And every morning when we try to, try to merge into it, depending on where you come in at, you get run over. Or you you know you merge in kind of smooth and you keep going. It's like that. Mm. It's the perfect ride. It is, man. And, and everybody in it, they're kind of doing their own things and going on their own own adventures and whatnot. And it's you know the beginning and the end. Think about it like this: the minute you check on board down here, the minute you're born, you're dying. Yeah. 
You actually come down here to learn how to live while you're dying. Imagine if, if you were immortal. How would you appreciate that? You'd have to bleed. Come down here and bleed. Mm-hmm. Make you appreciate it. And it's those little things, like I said, you can overlook so much. But in reality, man, I, this, the, the perfect part of being down here is being alive. To understand that. To, to, to do anything you want. It's all down here. We can do anything we want. We can go anywhere we want. The only thing that gets in our way is us. Mm-hmm. So I have a funny story to tell you, Marcus. Let me hear it. Well, it's not funny. Uh, well, not, it's well, you can't, you can't. Well, you know, <laughs> actually, I you love, can't do it like that. Man. Okay, I, my I, bad. <laughs> uh, when I saw this movie, we'll tell you this funny joke and make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I saw this movie in the movie theater and I walked out and I was just in awe. Uh, just the story. Right. And I sat in my car. I was just speechless and I said, I'm going to meet that man one day. Eight years later. That's the power of life. You know, when you, when you say you're going to do something like it, it's just so resolute and concrete, like I'm going to do that. I'm going to make this happen. This is going to work. This is what I'm going to do. There's going to be a lot of these things who knows how it's going to happen, but it is going to happen. Right. And when we met in December, shook your hand and looked you in the eye and it was an impactful moment. And for today to happen was one of those reminders of it. I, I kind of did a, like a, a high five to life. Because that is a reminder of whatever it is that you really set your mind to do and you believe it's going to happen enough that you believe in yourself enough, it will happen. Sure. Right? I have to say it out loud. Yeah. Everything formulates into a thought. The minute you spoke it out and it comes out. Mm-hmm. And if you say it, I, I think when we met, I was like, man, our paths will cross again. Mm. They always do. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful thing about it. I used to get in there. I was like, man, I want to take all the time. I'm like, no, we had to go do something else first before mm-hmm. we came back around mm-hmm. to here. Yeah. And now we're here together and we'll be together f- from here on out. Yeah. Once I make friends, man, I kind of, you stuck with me. Yeah. <laughs> we're so I'm loyal to a fault, man. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? I, like, I don't, I, it's just the way it is. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I, I, I truly believe in that. People always come up, man, I, what a coincidence. I'm like, how many of them coincidences do you need before you realize like this is just how it happens, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. It's how it's designed. We pride ourselves on being self-proclaimed book nerds around here. So we're always reading, group reading, you know, no one's going to teach us unless we teach ourselves. One of the things that this group got me uh, a couple months ago uh, as a gift was a book by Napoleon Hill called The Laws of Success. It was written in 1925. Chapter one, page one, is called Definite Purpose. And the thought process of it is that if you have a definite purpose in your mind of what you want to do, achieve, meet, be, and that's your thought process, then the world will change in order for you to achieve it. That's cool, right? It's like you project your reality outward, and the more you start doing that and start pushing it. It just, it, it literally creates itself a bubble around you. It's mm-hmm. so wide that in order to get out of it, you have to travel so far to run into something so obscure for you to even know for it to mm-hmm. impact you in a negative way. Imagine slinging so much goodness out of you that you get to the point when anything negative comes at you, man, you beat it back so hard with that positive thing. It doesn't have a chance yeah. to exist. Not only that, it won't even come near you because everything around you has become positive. I read the art of war uh, by Sung Soo. Oh yeah. And, uh, the book of five rings. Um, by Musashi, Miriam Musashi. He's a, the, the most prolific swordsman ever. Never knew, knew defeat. It's really good. It, it's it's kind of the same lines. And, and you know, know yourself and know your enemy a thousand battles. You'll never know defeat. And mm-hmm. Sung Su. Musashi goes into the, the scrolls and he talks about, you know, make sure your martial arts face is your civilian face, your civilian face. You, they merge, mm-hmm. right? And then you, you when you walk in, you see things, you start to see things differently. You can see it before it comes in. How someone's carrying themselves. I mean, I was trained in the SEAL teams to, I'm reconnaissance. My job was to study people and how mm-hmm. they move, how they act. 
how they walk, what they wear, what their tattoos are, their ears are cauliflowered, that their hands are scarred up on the inside or on the out, right? How they sit, what they laugh at, what they don't, right? And kind of what they say. I could say a few things to get something out of you, and then I know more <laughs> just by asking those questions. Yeah. And then what we do for a living, man, is you just go through it, you, you realize that, and it becomes a skill set. Yeah. The best one. Second nature. It is. I mean, people want those special powers of slinging laser beams and whatnot like that, man. But you armed up with the word, <laughs> right? And when you when you kind of walk around and, and I don't care. I mean, if someone's in a bad up, up opposed besides death, yeah. and I know her well. She's real close to me, but um, man, you're having a bad day. I can figure out a way, just like a Rubik's cube, man, to get in there to make you happy. It's like that, that point A to point B is that straight line, but there's those other 359 different directions to come in and help somebody. And a lot of times it's just a positive. Even if they come back at you with just, you know, and that happens to me all the time. I try to say something nice to somebody, and they're just like, you know, in passing, I don't know who I am. And, uh, but don't remember that somebody paid them something nice. Hmm. And I hear that all the time. Like, man, what's the most impactful moment you ever had? Man, I was just in this, doing this one thing, this one, two, walk, walked up and did this. I'll never forget it. And you're like, okay, you hear that enough times, you realize that it's those little moments that really matter, not the big ones. Yeah. They, that, those little ones produce those, those, those monumental moments, and if you put enough work in and been that, like that the entire time, there, that's the reward. Was that kind of your, your mission with the book? Because you wrote this book a couple of years. Well, I don't have anything to do with this. Uh, yeah, that's a great really? story. Oh, yeah. I, so the book's the debrief because I, oh, most of the stories, I've lived them. All the stuff I write right. about is straight from the heart. I was in combat when that thing came out. My name wasn't even in it. Isn't that funny? That yeah, was no a debrief. No kidding, Marcus. Yeah, I was still in the teams. Uh, I remember the lawyers. I was in Iraq wow. with Mahdi, the worst place I've ever been. And they were like, please don't die. I was like, oh, I try not to. But uh, uh, I got hurt again. Sarcasm. Yeah, sarcasm. Yeah. I got hurt again, and then they, they pulled me offline. And were like, hey, you're, you're going to travel around do the, the book thing. You're going to talk about it, the boys. I'm like, roger that. I will. And then that was my assignment. It's happened in military. Usually the Medal of Honor guys do that. They pull the Medal of Honor guys off wow. and like, when they would go around and talk about to, to fire up the, yeah. our, our people. I was like, all right, I'll do it. And I remember the admiral telling me, he's like, you're doing more now for the SEAL teams than you ever did when you were in. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, do I need to work out more? I was like, what, what have you heard? <laughs> I was like, I know I got my ass kicked over there, but uh, I was like, roger that, sir. I knew what he was saying. He's a great man. And um, when, the, when the movie came calling, you, you got to understand, I've been protected on high ground my entire life. And I, there's a council that watches out for me, and I, I get assigned to stuff. I check in with them, and they were like, hey, the Hollywood wants to do this. And I was like, okay. So I would sit at a table, and they would bring every director in. All the, I mean, I got to meet all of them. And when it was time to film the movie, I got stationed to live in Hollywood with Pete Berg, the director. It was awesome. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't, all I did was throw the uniform on and serve, and y'all let me have this life. I, I don't have the vocabulary to thank you mm. for, for what you've granted me. I mean, I was in hell, and y'all came and got me out of there. I signed up to be an expendable asset, to die if necessary. That was the sexiest line I ever heard when they delivered that to us. And I, they left me in that hole for a few days, and I was like, all right, I'm in the middle of nowhere. Foreign man, foreign lady, in a, in a hole. Think about that. On earth, if you try to find me, they start me in a hole. And I was like, how could you do that? How could you possibly know where I was at? Everybody else is dead. And everyone there trying to kill me. And y'all came and got me. I couldn't believe it. I still can't. 
I'm 19 promises. That's why I carry myself the way I do. Mm. The time you run into me, you're going to run into the best. Mm. I, y'all, yeah, I owe y'all that. On top of that, then you, 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 you the, the, but looking back at it, it was tough. I mean, it was hard on me. It was. I didn't know really what what I was doing, but I adapted and overcame. Right, as I'm supposed mm-hmm. to. And then living up in Hollywood with the director, I was like, this is unbelievable. <laughs> you know, I was like, I'm sure I died in combat. Like I know I did, right? I'm dead. <laughs> this is heaven. Yeah. <laughs> because, and then I met my wife. All I ever wanted in my growing up when I got done was I wanted a spot of land, a white lab, and a John Deere tractor. I got the land, the white lab, and she came with a John Deere tractor. Yeah. When we got married, I didn't even know it was her turnkey, right her there. tractor, right there. I was like, "Yeah, I died." Yeah. You know, all right, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I got over it. <laughs> but so you had all these directors want to do this book. Yeah, it was a great movie. And with the, the when they were doing the the book, uh, just to publish the book, I got to go to all the publishing houses in New York. I was I was in my sailor uniform walking around New York City, get trying to get this book. I had the best time up there. I'd never been there. I'm just kind of walking around and soaking this all in of what, what keeps getting thrown at me. I didn't even have enough time to enjoy each one of them because mm-hmm. something else would kind of come at me. Mm-hmm. And I, if I had, I don't have any regrets. When, I, you know, when you look back, don't have any of those. Mm-hmm. So that's not the right word to use, but I wish I had more time mm-hmm. in that moment because you can never go back. And don't even try to go back and relive a moment because you screw it up. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I hear people talk about, like, I wish you'd go back. No, you don't. If it was that good, leave it alone. Mm. Just go make another one. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Because then that's all you remember is the one you messed up. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I've I, learned so many. I think a lot of the lessons that I learned was because I was granted to travel around and meet all y'all. Because each one of you teach me something. Don't mm-hmm. think that you don't. I mean, I learned something. Man, I walked in here just watching y'all. That's why I kept my mouth shut. Listen to what you had to say. And learning. Mm. And that once you can appreciate that part of it, like what y'all do is amazing to me, what you built. I, that's what I really appreciate is the fact that you do that. Not, not, you know, it doesn't have to be anything else other than how hard you work. And when you see that over and over again, I mean, from all walks of life, different types, color, man, you know, you, many people walk up to you and you don't even have any idea who you're talking to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the blessing. Yeah. Like people just kind of overlook somebody or do something I'm like, man, you don't have any idea who that was. Yeah. And that, ha- you know, once I saw it, didn't really happen to me, but I saw it happen to somebody else. I was like, well, I'll try not to make that mistake. Mm. I go out of my way to talk to somebody. Matter of fact, the minute you look a little bit different than me is when you caught my attention. That's when I'm coming after you. <laughs> 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 you kind of look like me. I understand what you're made of. Then, uh, you know, uh, that's one thing. But yeah, that must have been some uh, some big pressure for Peter Berg. Oh, I told him, I, well, he, he was doing it under the auspice that he would die if he got it wrong. What? Yeah, we told him we'd kill him. <laughs> I made that perfectly clear. I was like, hey, look, man, you got all these buddies of mine oh died in combat. Their families are looking to make sure this is done right. I was like, you screw this up, man, well, I'll kill you. I mean, everyone started crying. They were like, <laughs> but he got it right. He's like, how do you know if this movie is a success? And I was like, if the parents signed off on it, and if I see it on TNT during Memorial Day, mm. yeah, and that's where it's at. Mm. So, hey, man, we we brought when Pete came in there, we took him to Iraq. He, got, he he literally the our community opened up for him only, and he got brought in. And by the time we were done with him and the actors, man, they can move and shoot. They're tough now. Really? Yeah, we took him to Iraq. We beat the mess out of Pete. 
One of the guys showed up, a couple of guys, a few of them actually showed up to his house in the middle of the night, pulled him out of bed, threw him in the pool, it was wintertime, and then took everything out of his bar and oh, left. Man. Right? Oh, and then sprayed him <laughs> with bear mace. fashion right there. Hit him with bear yeah. mace on the way out. <laughs> and I don't know if you've ever seen that stuff, but if it's oh, gnarly man. enough to get rid of a bear, it, you know. Isn't that funny? Oh, man, we've had the best time. And then all the actors just... <laughs> My trip to, to Hollywood and to New York for the literary, I mean, everybody was so wonderful and gracious. Even when they talk smack, you know, I'm like, oh, I get it. I, you know, I get it. That's a bravado thing. Mm-hmm. You know, God, we always do that. That's the way we're wired. And I, and I, I understood that because I was in the teams. Mm-hmm. And, and my teammates in, in, in the community, they're the ones that really give me my power. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I was like, I mean, you don't have to worry about me. You need to worry about who loves me because I do everything for them. I was in the loss column. And we took down Bin Laden and we've done all these great things, man. But I got my ass kicked. I was the medic. None of my guys made it back. I barely did. And I never, I always remember that. That's why I carry myself the way I do. There's a, there's a moment that was not in the movie, in the movie, Marcus. And it, I, I saw you tell this. Because somebody had asked you, you know, uh, you know, was there anything that was not in the film? For whatever reason, but. It was a moment that I, I think it, I've used the term mailboxes, right? It, there's, you know, I used to do triathlons and do an Ironman and that finish line is way too far away. You know, Anthony and I, we're all athletes and there's, there's a goal we have and it's so far away. You can't look at it. If, if that's all you focus on, you'll quit, right? right? You need that mailbox, something you can see that you can feel you get a little bit closer. And you shared the story where, because uh, you were paralyzed, the, the only way that you could give yourself a short goal was to take a rock. And I think you drew a line, yeah, drew a line yeah. and you drug yourself. And it, it, it was that principle that you just a goal, yeah. right? Well, exactly. Mailbox is a good one. And I, you know, if you want to be a Navy SEAL or if you want to be the president or what if I told you all you had to do is one push up, like wake up in the morning, do one push up. That's it. Mm-hmm. You could do that. Everybody's like, no, nah, you got to run 50 miles. You got to swim on it. Like, oh, no, that's later. That's like a buildup, man. We ain't worried about all that. Matter of fact, you shouldn't even, I wish you wouldn't even put that out. Let's just let's, let's do one push up, and then we'll, in the morning, next morning, we'll do two. If you can't mm-hmm. do two, we'll do, do two the next day. Mm-hmm. Until it, it, you learn, it's a resilience thing. Yeah. And you build on things. And um, that's the easiest way to get discouraged is to think, like, oh, I'm not getting to where I want, but don't think, think like that. Mm-hmm. Who, no one ever gets there at the same time. Right. You know, that's usually why there's only one winner in a race. How many photo finishes you got? Somebody's still going to get there first. Mm-hmm. So if you think like that, I'm the anchor man. I was the slowest man to come out of buds. Man, I can't run even stay. I can't even run out. Take me all day to run out of sight. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, but my brother is a gazelle. Yeah. It's the craziest thing. I can swim like a fish, but uh, whatever. You know, it's, it's uh, you, every one of us have a, a cross we got to bear down here. You're going to have to take some pain. Everybody else has to. At what point in time did anybody tell you that you were unique to where you didn't have to? Mm. Because otherwise, wow. somebody else is going to have to shoulder it for you. Yeah. Is that what you're telling me? You're telling but me you don't want to go through it? So, okay, pick who you want to go through that pain for you, and we'll get them over here. Well, I don't, you know. Oh, Defer responsibility. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you want it, then let's do this. It ain't pain, man. That's, it's, uh, it's paradise. It's that pleasure. You're, like I said, you're stepping into the weight. It ain't stepping down on you. Otherwise, it would have been there in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You'd been wearing it from birth. There's a, a distinct... SEALs, 82nd Airborne, there's a distinct brotherhood that is so concrete, resolute. And, you know, for a lot of guys that have not been through that, 
there, we have tastes of it with our lifelong friends and, and things that we've gone through together, you know, whether it be in our personal lives, just showing up, being there, whether it's just an arm or need me to help you move, you know, one of the worst things to have to <laughs> volunteer to do. Um, but how could a group or even like in a business with, in a, in a business environment, capture that or create that sense of brotherhood, camaraderie for each other? Because it, it for so long, for so many people, they're, it, it's all about me. Right. I'm, I'm going to do what makes me happy. I'm going to live from, I'm going to live my best life. But you create these silos where people are not working together. Everybody's end up going against each other. Yeah. Right. How do you think people could incorporate some of those things in just in a group, whether it's a group of friends that have kind of lost each other along the way, or even just in a, in a culture environment, in a business that people could really think to look at, how do you build that amongst a group of people? That's a great question. And you do it. I mean, the way we did it one day at a time, mm. one evolution at a time. Because people are going to come and go, so you, as you build that up, it creates that team in itself. It, it's like a a gift of that, a gift of getting together and trying to do something with each other. Otherwise, you know, you can play golf, but even golf golfers have caddies, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's like you kind of in in those hard times, it's like tempering steel. How do you do that? You get it really hot, really cold, and you beat the mess out of it. So everything you guys have gone through to build this up, I mean, think of the obstacles that you've run through together. And think about how when you're together, you can go over it, around it, or through it, but we're coming. Mm. Unstoppable force. Unstoppable force. Show me in a move object, man. I'll show you how we can go right through it. Mm. And when you, those things will present themselves. Like I said, you pick out what you want to do. You start putting your team together. Like People who want, you know that they want to be there. And then you'll know if they don't. And when they get discouraged, that's why you're there. It's like, it's all right. You know, mm. he's taking some heavies. We'll, 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 we'll come, we'll cavitate around him and, and bring him back up. It's supposed to be that way. That's how you know you're making the progress. Like you're in it and, and, and never forget that. Mm. And the, the complacency, I guess the best way I heard it explained was like a life is the, the job's like a roller coaster. Right. And then you, we're all on the same track. We're just in different cars. Cause there's people who like to sit in the front and they like mm. that climb. And then that, that, and then the drop, right. Mm. And then they hate that drop part. And then there's people in the back like get jerked around all the time. They don't like to see anything. They just get, like to get jerked around all the time. And then there's people in the middle. If you remove one of those carts, then the, the, the whole thing will fall apart. And there's people like different things. That's the perfection and imperfection, mm-hmm. right? So you kind of want to set your team up that way. Because if, I mean, if you're exactly alike, then, you know, it's just, I think you could you run into that bottleneck. Mm-hmm. But... And then you hear people talk about, like, oh, we're in the down times. Like, down part of the roller coaster? That's kind of fun. Are you down shifting? But wait, where'd you start? Because if you started all the way down there, then it shouldn't be a problem because you've already been down there. And it's always good to go down and refresh. The minute we get back from a deployment, we, they, they separate us. We get a little break, and they pull us back together, and we start over training on the first thing we ever learned. And we go over it again and again and again. Mm. And then we get together, we deploy, we come back. Separate us, get a break, come back, start over. The basics. Master of the basics. Mm. I mean, you can do all them fancy kicks and high-flying stuff, or you can be that one basic guy. Never gets tired. Stick to the basics. Yeah, man, because as soon as things get heavy and you start getting worn out, man, all that cool stuff falls apart. But if you're locked in on the basics, and that's the difference between us and every other special forces is the way they train us. They literally beat us to death and wear us out for months and years before they even think about putting a weapon in our hand. And then when they put a weapon in our hand, it's empty. So you understand when you're completely worn out and you got no muscle left, it's all muscle memory. And then I understand what that true weight feels like. Wow. And then they'll put one bullet in there. I'll be like, okay, I understand what that weight feels like. And then I'll learn how to use it. And then two and three, and then I'll learn how to discharge that. 
and then hold it. And I, I mean, with every single thing we do, that's why it takes so long to make one of us. That's yeah. why when we lose one, it's a big deal. Mm. And it's, it's, it's like that. I mean, you could break it down as lowest common denominator as you want. Somebody's doing something awesome. They're kicking butt. Look at what they're doing. Then break it down. Cause they had to have, there's, there's always pieces of that. Yeah. And evaluate it. That's how you'll know how to fix something. Like step back. Don't look at the big pictures. Like, man, let's look at the basic part of this. What's going wrong? So that, that's an interesting topic. You say that because for a lot of people that eat, whether they're just too sensitive, they don't take constructive criticism as a way that's helping them. They look at it as it's telling them they're incapable mm. and in the teams and training without somebody telling you, you're kind of messed up in here. If you're, if you do it like this is going to help you. If you're too sensitive, you're like, Oh, you're telling me I'm horrible. It's going to completely set you to, to fall apart. Right. But it's being able to look at that criticism in the right way to be open to it. Cause that's going to help you succeed. Right. Correct. And that's one thing that we switched. Like in our community, mm. that's all you hear from guys, man, you screwed that up, man. I, why are we doing this? Why would you, why don't you move like this? Try literally like that. Mm. That's why we have to say you have thick skin in the community. Mm. Cause everything that someone's always, especially if they're higher rank or older, like, man, you're a soup knot. What the hell's <sighs> wrong with you? You know what I mean? Even if you did awesome, <laughs> you could do great. And they'd be like, you think you did great? Be like, I think you did pretty good. And so you're a pretty cool guy now. And you're like, well, that's not what I'm saying. It's like, well, that's what I thought you said. Get a haircut, check the watch bill, go get wet. You know what I mean? It's just like <laughs> always something. <laughs> and, it, it, and our community is like, if we're not messing with you, that's a problem. You need to worry. That means mm -hmm. we don't like you. If no one's talking to you or critiquing you, man, you ain't going to be around very long. Mm -hmm. just, it doesn't make you a bad person. It just makes you the wrong person for this job. We need somebody in here who can handle this. There's some healthy hazing around here. That man, I, that's that's what I, <laughs> that camaraderie we're going. Man, it's back and forth because yeah. look, that's mental training. Because mm. what if I go over there and the enemy starts yelling at me the way you did, and it breaks me? Well, I'd rather have my buddy hazing me and, and picking on me or call it whatever you want. So when I get over there and I have to deal, and we're having a business meeting or somebody else is, starts messing with me or talking like that, and I and I fold. Mm. Because no one can make fun of me like I can make fun of myself. Telling you to handle real pressure, right? I mean, what are we talking about here? You yeah. Train the body. That's pressure. You train the mind. Mm -hmm. That's that's just the way it is. You want that, mm -hmm. and you want the guys who are really good at it. Like take you off your game. Like them real. You know, we got some guys who are real good at talking smack, right? <laughs> like you come up with some stuff. Like, man, how did you come up with it? It's so good. I started laughing, right? <laughs> and you need that because you, those one-liners or whatever it is, man, that helps. Yeah. Especially if you know they love you. Yeah. I mean, truthfully, I mean, that, yeah. that's it. And I'll run across some people like, man, I'll hang out with him. I'm like, man, that's his style. Mm. That's his style, man. That's how he delivers his message. Appreciate that. Because if he didn't like you, you'd know it. Like, mm. if it was just a problem. Like, if you're coming at me like you like you hate me or you, you want to get, we can do that, right? <laughs> yeah. Or if it's, if it's not like that, then it's a point. Mm. I mean, those those standards are set. Imagine, like, people work for their boss. Like, I'm smarter than that guy. I can run this. I'm like, well, yeah, why are you? Because <laughs> in reality, you're not. Yeah. Right. You're, he's there to. to yeah, you could. You he, would be. Yeah. He's coming <laughs> down. You only need to teach you something about yourself. Because yeah. if you don't, if you can't deal with him, the next person you run, you're probably gonna be a lot harder. That's what they don't anticipate. That's how the boss works, man. Mm -hmm. God works in funny ways. Like everything is to teach you something about yourself. I mean, I get picked on daily. Still, <laughs> it's hilarious sometimes. Uh, you Your buddies know, don't I, let up, do they? No, <laughs> ever. And the minute I think, I was like, oh, I think I'm good. I'm you know, I don't even say that out loud anymore, really. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's just come down, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And, what, and then when you start giggling like that and you understand it, man, life takes on a different spice. 
different taste. Because then, you know, you're a team. And there's no, I don't want to deal with No, I want to deal with him. Give me all you got. Teach me mm-hmm. something. Lean into it. Marcus, you you know, as, as a SEAL operator and all the training that goes into preparing you to be the most effective, I mean, the, the most lethal human weapon on the, on the face of the planet is a Navy SEAL, right? When you then phase out, you go from this just being unleashed when it's necessary. How do you come back into a, phys- in, into a civilian momentum, if you can even call it that, when it's high momentum in, in SEALs? Oh. And, then, and then adjust to just, you go into the grocery store and, and all the things that you've done, that's in your memory of the things that you were, you were crushing in life, right? right. Uh, as a SEAL, and then you're going through, and it's it just... It's, Man, it's like uprooted and planted. How do, well, do, does it take the same mental fortitude to readjust as it did to get to that level? Yeah, that's a great question. That was the hardest thing for me until I learned it, how to deal mm, with it. Really? Uh, I had to teach myself, and this is what I did. So, yeah, if it's funny. name You change names, right? You change the description. Like, hey, man, you're getting out. you got to get a job, wife, kids. you got to be a husband. And you took that SEAL moniker. But I'm always – a SEAL is just the most important little – uh, part of that seal is the S on the end of it. Seals, it's specialist. It's sea, mm. air, and land specialists, right? Mm. So I was talking to my buddies the other day. He's like, there's no, there's no job for, for snipers out. And I was like, well, there's no job for that job title. But everything that goes into making a sniper, there is. Now, if, I was in the, if we were in the SEAL teams and I was around, we were in this platoon space, and I looked over at you, I was like, hey, bro, I need to do something for a couple of years, right? You're still a SEAL. You're operational. But I need you to marry this hot chick. I need you to knock her up. You're still a SEAL. This is a mission. All right? Going to the grocery store is a freaking mission. I would tear that up. That would be the e- I mean, Wait, really? I'm not getting shot at? All I have to do is hang around her and, like, raise these kids up? I would seal that. I mean, I'd be all over it. And that's what I had to do. So every time I get up in the morning, I'm like, all right, we're going to the grocery store. Get ready. I'll have to, you know, get to, what, what do you need? I was like, how long it take me to get through that aisle? Like, right? <laughs> And I, every time I go to do a new school or I take the kids or I'm teaching them something, it's like, okay, I'm, I'll team guy it. I, mm-hmm. I, sometimes I vision my head, you know, Drew on the handlebar mustache with the sunglasses <laughs> and trying to talk to them like that. And I, but in really, I'm undercover. Like, you're just undercover. <laughs> and when you tell guys like that, they're like, oh, I thought I was coming off the line. Like, no, you ain't coming off the line, man, because you, you're just a specialist. We're putting you in something else. And there's my new swim buddy. She's sitting right over there. Mm-hmm. Like, SEALs, we, have, we already have women. Y'all just don't know about them. And uh, once I started doing that, thinking about it like that, I was like, everything is in my swim buddy, and we're doing it the way I drive. You know, tactical, I was trained to do that, and everything in between. I was like, if I'm a specialist, why is this hard? Why, why is this hard? I was like, well, yeah, I miss my buddies, but the sexiest mission in the SEAL teams is when we go out doing that covert stuff, kind of like ones and twos. They didn't know about it. That was mm-hmm. the greatest thing. And that's what I'm doing now. I'm just undercover. And, I, and it, I mean, it's tough, just like it was in the teams, right? But, um, and then sometimes I'll team got too hard, and she's like, settle down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but I, I, I truly had to think about it like that. It was like, it's a forever uniform. We wear it mm-hmm. for a little while. We get to put our name on it. I took <clears> it off, passed it over. Somebody else put the tape on it, and I, now I'm out here doing this. It, imagine you never get out of training. From the time we step out into an adult, every school we go to is in life is part of your life cycle, your training cycle. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, when we're young, they put us in buildings with teachers around us so they can watch you so you don't do dumb stuff. And then we get in the field. That's field training. And then so every, like every 10 years, maybe, as you, as you grow, you, you transition to a new job or to a new team. 
And then, but you, you still keep those skill sets. You just have to learn to reapply them just like we would do it in, in the field. Like when we would lose, something would break or something like, well, how, how do we, how do we roll, man? How do we get this fixed? All right, let's just think about this. Let's do it like this. That's the same thing. You don't lose any of those skill sets. You just take the uniform off. Mm. And I mean, I, I, once I started thinking about it like that, I was like, all right, all right I, I can do this. I can get that done. But I miss my, my, my butt. My buddies, obviously, that's a big transition, that that life. No wife, no kids, and running like that as opposed to mm-hmm. it, it just it, it just is. But it was cool because you get to, it's actually settling down. That's why you call it settling down. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you're, not, you're not supposed to settle up, right? You're not supposed to get fired. <laughs> you're just settling down. Like, hey, mm-hmm. just kind of calm down and relax. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing with me is I, I, I forgot how to relax. Like, I would mm-hmm. be in the middle of something. And not that I wasn't enjoying it, but right through the middle of it, I would start thinking about what we were doing next. And I'd start prepping for that. And what's mm-hmm. your favorite part of your movie or book? It's the ending, mm-hmm. right? It's always mm-hmm. at, the, at the end, man. So yeah. enjoy it every moment that you're in until it's over. Don't try mm-hmm. to get through it fast. I don't care if you're eating, taking a dump, whatever it is, man. Enjoy the moment you're in. And then when the next one shows up, enjoy that one. Because mm-hmm. the minute you try to overdo it and get past it, man, I think you missed something. The gift. Yeah. If you don't take anything away from every moment that you had, I think you might have overlooked it. And I, I it took me forever to share. Mm-hmm. Quarantine. I, they literally locked me down. All I did was fish, and we, we went back to the farm. We're raising kids, and hung, we had a we had a blast. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was terrible for our country, everything like that, man. But I learned how to slow down. Yeah. And I, I couldn't have done that without without having to go through that. It was, it's funny because before the quarantine, I remember you hear everybody's like, man, if I could just sit at home, I'd get more work done. I'd raise my kids. I'd be like, I'd get, I'd block. So what happens? Boom, pandemic. Everyone's bitching now. Ah, just, I'm at home all the time. My damn kids are here. I hate them. I mean, computer all the time. You know what I mean? It's because we got told what to do. Uh-huh. And the minute you tell us what to do, we don't like that. But if you're like, hey, could you please? Or if you challenge them, like, I don't think you can sit at the house and fish. Yeah. I'm like, oh, watch this. Yeah. <laughs> Am I right? You know, oh, what I'm yeah. and, and it's just, yeah. it's all a matter of how you look at it. Cause somebody will come at you with the, the, this one way and it's negative. I'm like, no, that's the wrong way. I don't give a damn what you heard. It's what you're hearing right now. And when you think about it like that, it just, it opens up and it continues to open up. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of guys that come to you, Marcus, that are, that have come out of uh, service kind of looking for a little help or like, how do I adjust now? Do you sure. get a lot of guys to come to you? That's what I was supposed to do. Mm. So I was trained by the, the, the best. I wasn't the best. I was just trained by them to, to handle all this. Mm. And if I had questions, there's people I could call. So people, the guys now, they know when they come out, they either come to the house and yes, that's, that's what my job, that was my promise mm. to make sure that I was always there. Is that for most guys that come out of the teams? Is that like a, a, a commitment they make? When they come out, it, it, it just depends when they come out and how, how, how they came out. Like injury, it's all different. Mm. We're all different. Imagine taking one guy from each walk of life in the United States and putting him into one little fraternity. Mm-hmm. I mean, the personalities of what we, I mean, our, <laughs> it was so much. Thank you for having the SEAL team. Thanks for inventing that. I mean, I'm keeping it around, man. I, it literally the best part. I mean, that was so much fun running around with them guys. So when they get out now, you can look at them a certain way, but I know what's in there. And if you had access to one of them and you can't believe what they're capable of, you train them to do anything. That's what that means. Being a you can train to do anything. If there's somebody out there doing something, you can do it. Don't think that you can't. I don't care what it is. If someone else can do it, you can. And if anybody's told you different, they're lying to you. Straight up. You can tell them I said that. 
because you, you, you're blessed with a gift down here. If you have a disability, it's called a distinct ability. There's something in there that once one thing gets removed, there's something else tapped in there that, that, that elevates. You just got to find out what that. it is. It's not a disability. It's a distinct ability. Yeah. 100%. Mm. But people get hung up on it as it's a limitation. Yeah. Aesthetics right? and you know, limitations. Yeah. yeah. Nope. <laughs> That's not what that is. <laughs> so you've got Team Never Quit. And I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of layers in that, of what you've got, right? Because uh, you've got your, your podcast and your show with you and your brother. Uh, you guys sit down with all kinds of crazy characters. A lot. Are, yeah. <laughs> and I the same, yeah. 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 <laughs> and uh, I mean, it, it, that seems like a really, that's like a heart driven mission for you. Right. What was kind of the idea behind uh, Team Never Quit? And everybody, the, 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 the requirements to get into it is you have to have your ass kicked to be in a bad situation. Mm. You've had to get down to the bottom and you, you're climbing back up. Because once you've been beat like that, what's up? Mm. And that, that fear is gone. Mm. Like you build it and let's go. Mm-hmm. And hearing those stories, it's like everyone gets put in different situations. And, but they use the same, kind of the same skills as to get through them. And their stories are great. Like, man, you can't believe what happened to some of these people. And then the message they deliver afterwards, like never quit, you know, be on time, get up a little bit. It's, it's like a handful of things that make the billionaires or the professional athletes. Mm-hmm. They all say the same stuff. And then I would ask them this. I was like, okay, I get that. I was like, but you know how there's a little trick that each one of us used to figure something out? It's like when a teacher tries to explain some, some math lesson. Like I was teaching my kid the nine, nines the other day. I was like, so you know, nine plus anything is the number underneath it in teens. So nine plus seven, seven, six is under that, so it's 16. Nine plus five, it's five, it's 14, right? I didn't know that. Like, there were times I'd be like, nine plus, I was like, so I was like, is there a trick to everything? And they're like, yes, there is, right? <laughs> and, and people will go through life and they'll figure out these tricks, man. They'll be awesome at something. And they'll be like, hey, man, can you tell me something? Like, yeah, get up on time, make sure you eat healthy. I'm like, no, give me that crap. I know all that. <laughs> I was like, give me that trick, right? Give me that trick yeah. that taught you that. And, and, and it's there. A lot of people don't want to give us like that secret recipe in the family. Mm. But with us, I, I was like, man, I'll, give you, I'll tell you everything I know. Every little thing I had to use because that's what it takes. When some, somebody explains something to you and you just don't get it, and then somebody will say something insignificant. And you're like, that's what that is? Why didn't you lead with that? You understand? Yeah. And I, once yeah. I started seeing that, that's, that's kind of, I was like, all right. So there's, there's, a, there's a, a trick or a hidden little key, like in video games. Like this is the game of life. Yeah. There's those hidden codes. Yeah. It's just a matter of going to yeah. each person, finding them, and whether or not they'll give them to you. God, my son does that with Minecraft. All kinds of like hidden keys. Man, and, I know, right? I was like, what, oh is, what is that? <laughs> it's unbelievable. My, my, my 10-year-old levels me all the time. If some yeah. of the knowledge comes, I'm like, where would you even hear that? <laughs> What's the trick? I know what's the trick. <laughs> I'm like, all right, so don't tell your mother. Ask you this. But what's the trick on that? And uh, everybody ha- has that. A lot of times, like I, I spend a lot of time in the airport. People watch. You just watch mm, people do stuff. Yeah. How they, you know, talk. <laughs> yeah. you learn more doing that. Yeah. That was the best part about recon: just sitting back, not saying, just watching. And you, you start to laugh, right? I mean, mm. the, the human plight, the mm. human tragedies, the comedy and happiness, all yeah. in between, right? Yeah, one guy in the food, you tell he loves its favorite food. He takes a bite in it, spills all over his brain. He's like, <laughs> it's always something, right? And, yeah. and when you start seeing that, you're like, all right, man, there's really no reason to get so upset. We do, we're killing each other, mm. you know. Over kind of really petty things. Yeah, it's all yeah. petty. Mm-hmm. Don't sweat the petty stuff and don't pet the sweaty stuff. <laughs> That's a good saying. 
One of the best. Yeah. That's it's one of the best. That's really good. When I heard it, I was like, well, that's probably the best thing I ever heard. Yeah. I heard, I heard it, one of the, one of, I walked, was one across this lady, she's one of the elders. And I was like, man, I always ask for some wisdom from, from me when I get a chance to be around you. I was like, can you pass some to me? She's like, don't sweat the small stuff because it's all small stuff. I was like, yes, ma'am. Like, the way I heard it was don't sweat the petty stuff and don't pet the sweaty stuff. And she's like, that's a good one, too. <laughs> and, um, but, yeah, have you ever noticed, like, the elders, man, they, they condense it. Mm-hmm. Like, they say stuff real short and sweet. Yeah. And it, but it says so much. You know, with us, we were like, hey, you know, they try to explain it, and then you get to that middle age or you're a professor or something, and then they're like, well, in reality, this. I'm like, no, 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 give me the, that short mm-hmm. version, like the elder version. We stick all them in homes and get rid of them. You don't want to listen to them talk, but man, they teach you so much. That's the beautiful thing about our family. I mean, we keep them around, yeah. and they just they just teach us. So That's the much. wisdom they've got. Ninety thousand foot view. What's up, man? I, you know, right? They've tasted life. They felt it. Yeah, and then it gets condensed into nuggets, right? Yeah, and they sum it up because our attention spans are di- they're so short. Yeah. At that, you know, like <laughs> right. And We're it, still in a hurry. We're yeah, trying to hurry, get to the man, end. In a damn yeah. hurry. Yeah. Marcus, what it, what is next for you, man? Like you, you've, I mean, it's just been a lot with now that your brother's about to take the limelight. <laughs> you might be able to oh, take thanks, a little bit bro. of the day. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, um, my wife wants me to open up a school and start training kids again to with discipline and manners and respect and really kind of uh, how to take care of themselves. And then uh, I'm supposed. I'm, Are you gonna be the new Billy? Yes. No. Nope. That's where you're supposed to be. Like I was blessed to, for all that. I mean, it's a, you have to pass that yeah. down. Otherwise, all the knowledge dies with me. Mm. And um, she wants me to be a deacon at the church. <laughs> so I have to start studying that. And uh, yeah, I'm boring now, man. That's just the way she likes me, bro. I don't know what to say. I mean, I, <laughs> I can feel the tension coming out of her right now. We're not supposed to talk about that. It's fun. I'm, I'm excited about it. Uh, yeah, new chapter in life. Uh, new I, mission. Yeah. And I, we were talking about earlier, I was like, man, I have plenty to do, but I don't have anything to do. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't have to be anywhere, but I got everywhere to go. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm i excited about the, this the, that new part to, to put all my energy into it. And it just, I'm just wait. I, I, I wait, right? Until it shows, mm-hmm. just like being a seal. It, yeah. It'll be delivered right in front. I'll know. Mm-hmm. I'll shift and I won't be able to turn my attention off of it. Mm-hmm. But I know it has something to do with paying it back and teaching the, the younger generation how wonderful this is how wonderful everybody is around us um you let me know that day because <laughs> my son's my son is coming to you yeah i i, I, st- <laughs> well, I in the summertime i, I um we it's great because pete Berg, we're all i'm all still buddies with everybody i meet oh, my, my, yeah. yeah i'd rather have a friend than money any day mm. my, my father said you've been trying to make a best friend in every town you, you you'll never be lonely and you won't need any money or hungry mm. right you, you just be so they send their kids out to to live with us over the summer, and I'm train them, mentor them. I got to teach one kid how to drive the tractor, one kid how to work the chainsaw, and then the kid who after three days, and they had to teach each other how to do the opposite. Mm. So that's kind of a self. And then we'd work yeah. out, and I teach them how to defend themselves, and just manners, respect, mm. discipline, and respect. Mm. Same thing was taught to me, and it's not that hard. It's just putting the time in. And I would sometimes I think all the professional athletes, why aren't they coaches after they retire? Like, why aren't they in, they live in their community? Why aren't you a coach at the high school? If you have all that gift and they look up to you anyways, why you wouldn't do that? And um, our generation is different. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think we want to do that. 
I mean, you're busy focusing on your kids. You can't be focusing on war. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know what I mean? I mean, it, it's just, I, 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 that's how I feel. I know that's the direction I have to go. I can feel it mm-hmm. already. I just didn't know in capacity. And then hanging out with y'all. I mean, doing, doing this. Re- rebuilding what, what we're fixing to get handed. There's a power yeah. change going on right now. We're coming into mm-hmm. the breach. That's kind of my brother stepping in, and we are too. So what are we going to do with this place? Man, it's heavy times, Marcus. It yeah. is weird. That's all right. We got broad shoulders. And we left a lot of weight together. It doesn't weigh nothing. It doesn't weigh nothing at all. I think, you know, for me, and uh, for all, because of social media, it, and people throw shade, they'll throw out a little bit of something that could be a skewed truth, uh, skewed propaganda. And it, it's hard for people to kind of dive in and figure out with all these just infinite information being thrown out to try to dive in and go, what's, what's really the truth. And then they maybe somebody in media that they've trusted for a long time now is caught up in a a propaganda machine and it's, you know, the voices of how do you navigate this kind of stuff? And then this almost this distrust or, 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 or lack of confidence now in what we believe to be a government that, you know, we thought was looking out for us now kind of starting to second guess that. Right. Isn't that terrible? Yeah. I think that'll be our great, our our hardest challenge to mm-hmm. to figure out that to bring stability back into our our institutions because mm-hmm. you're right. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. You got to think that anybody that goes in there done with this place to be torn down. Yeah. So whatever you're hearing coming out of the media is probably the worst on both sides. There's the other, mm-hmm. you know it's probably not like it's, you got to center it back up. Yeah. But you're right. You're right. I mean, it was last year. Uh, I don't even have an answer to that, man. I, 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 we have to do it together, mm-hmm. one day at a time. How do you, how do you rebuild your respect? One day at a time. One one evolution. One hour at a time. Mm-hmm. And then you talk about people talking about truths. Everyone's truths can be different. Depends on where you grow up. Mm-hmm. Facts are facts. That's what. What was it? Dragnet. He's like just the facts, man. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't give me yeah. that truth. I don't care about all that other sex. You should just give me the fact. Yeah. What's happening? And then, yeah, I see that man. It's it's, it's right. We've I mean, got guys like your there's brother. There's so many specialists out there that come on different news organizations, are yeah. saying different things, especially during the pandemic. That was terrible. Mm-hmm. That was terrible. Yeah. Everyone's saying something different. Nobody knew what to believe. No one knew what to believe, and we, rightfully so. That ain't on us. Yeah. That's leaders not leading. That's how you know that that, you, that you're, whoever's up to not a leader. Got guys like your brother, Dan Crenshaw, another one, that are coming out of SEAL teams, high-level operatives in service, and now leading in a different in, in a different way. It's like, okay. Well, we learn how important details are. Mm. How important it is to stand for, for like, you, you're going to see both sides of it, man, but stand in, in the middle and, and make sure that everyone understands that, hey, like, we're not, I'm not here for any other reason to make sure this is done for you, mm-hmm. not for myself. But that's it's tough. Our people are vocal mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. very opinionated. That's the generation, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, especially our millennials. I think with them, people come down on them pretty hard. But we we should kind of try to understand what they're going through. Man, that that iPhone tells the future. If we had one of those back in the nineties, you could have played, you know, Big Boss, right? Yeah. So they have all the information. They don't have enough life experience. So they'll throw the wrong emotion out. Something will yeah. go down. They'll do something like. Where'd you just get reactive, that? Reactive. Yeah, just, reactive, just like that, yeah. instead of letting it play out. And and then we're all connected. Like you, People getting upset about something, somebody wrote something on a different country, right? Just making a comment on it. Probably a bad one, too. 
keyboard courage, right? Because you mm-hmm. can standing in front of somebody and saying it's completely different than writing it over that. And they punch never, in the face. Yeah, punch in the face. <laughs> exactly. And that's what happened to us. And since they don't, they, there would never be an opportunity for that to happen. They don't understand that. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, people get hurt. Mm-hmm. And then, or they get upset. And then they'll go do something to somebody else. When in reality, you didn't, I mean, that's like plugging into a video game. You get mad at your video game when it yells at you? When it kills you? You know, when it talks smack to you? Video games talk smack all the time, right? That's how I started looking at it. I was like, oh, video game. Now I can't talk smack. Mm-hmm. And if you want to, you come find me. I'm not hard to find. So I, it, it, it's like that, you know, and, and they, but that's part of growing up too. Yeah. And, and with us. If we're, we're the hybrids and they're the next generation, man. We just got to stay with them. Just stick, just don't give up on them. They're not, it's not a lack of commitment. They, what I've seen with this millennial generation is they'll give everything, but they need definable purpose attached to it. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll go all in because, well, we're, we're just going to go for it. Right. We don't necessarily need a purpose to it. We just need to know that, well, I'm, I'm going to do this. They need a, a real purpose behind whether it's their job or working yeah. out. They, the <laughs> selfie they're going to take to be an influencer. Like, yeah, that's good. That's good. That's funny. He's like, why, why are we doing this? Well, why not? Yeah. Yeah. You know, why, why throw this ball at that wall? Well, what for? Because I don't know. <laughs> might be cool. <laughs> might be cool. Yeah. Might not be cool. <laughs> yeah. That was kind of us, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and with them, they're logical. <laughs> yeah. Right. To the, to the, to, almost to a point where it becomes illogical. They need a why with yeah. everything. And not that I don't ask questions, but. There, there's, it's more purpose driven. Yeah. That's something with them, man. They're great. Mm-hmm. They're great. I, our oldest is in that generation, man. I, they're going to be fine. Remember what they said about us. I mean, I remember all that smack our parents talking about mm-hmm. us, man. They really like, ain't going to do nothing. You got this great education you're working at the house, you know, we'll be all right. Almost creates a chip though. Yeah. Yeah. You know? right. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm a, okay. Watch me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and then, but then you kind of lose that because you realize that they don't care. Now you just got to prove it to yourself. Yeah, right. Or they cared enough for that to do mm-hmm. that very thing. That's true. Man, I always thought my dad was coming down on me, and uh, he passed, and I'm a father now. I was like, I get it. I get what he was saying. Mm. And if he didn't do everything he had to do to me, then I wouldn't be the man that I am. So why would I yell at him for that? Mm-hmm. Back then, I didn't understand it. It's tough being a parent. Man, it's 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 a hard it's so hard. I can see my kids. I love them. I don't want them to have to. I was like, I don't, and I talked to my buddies about this. I was like, I don't want you to have to go through that pain. I'm like, wait yeah. a minute. I went through that pain and it produced this. Yeah, get your ass out there. And, you know, right? Is, that, is, is it that natural protector part sure. of being a dad? Be, right. It's biggest with the mothers. Yeah. Like there were there were times when uh, I would kind of getting on onto the kids about something, and she would come in there, and I thought that she was getting in the way of that, like taking their side. In reality, she's taking my side, but that mother instinct, they can't help that. Mm. I could feel it when she would be stressed. I'm like, mm. why are you getting all stressed out? I, they needed that. She can't help it. It's a mother instinct. And once I figured that out, it helped a lot. Mm. It's just like, you know, like I said, we met on a blind date. I didn't know much about nothing, but I had to learn on the fly. But, um, yeah, there's, there's, they're special. There's a reason why they're here. Yeah. I mean, good Lord. Half the time, I think it, it's more teaching me. Mm with my kids than I could ever teach them anything. It, it's, it is a, I mean, you talk about a role of service. Oh my, it is. I second guess myself. I second guess myself every day. You know, I mean, it's like, it's hard, <laughs> man. The kids, they say something like, and you don't know what you're talking about. Maybe he does know what he's talking about. It's like, it's, been, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's special deliveries, right? Sometimes when they throw out the, the perfect line at the perfect time, you're like, okay, 
All right. <laughs> you know, on that, my son, the, uh, it was a couple of weeks ago, uh, we were all watching some movie. Some line came up, and my 15-year-old, he goes, that's what she said. Mm. And it was so good. All right, props, bro. Yeah. Like, <laughs> even my wife was like, okay, that was pretty good. Wow. <laughs> yeah. wow. they'll, they'll even do that when I'm disciplining them. They'll, I was saying something the other day, and he's like, well, point in fact, Dad, you told me not to do this, but you said it like this, and that's just how, and I was like, all right, logic. <laughs> Don't be logical when I'm trying to discipline you. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that's great. Marcus, as a, as a dad, and I'm, I'm honestly curious, you know, uh, I, I was raised from an iron fist my mother. I mean, it was just, it, it was just, it was wild growing up. Um, my dad was very much the, more of the, uh, the quiet, the, um, the loving kind of guy until mom said, you got to swat the crap out of him, right? He did his thing and went back to, went back to work or whatever, but <clears throat> come from that life and being raised the way that you were raised with your dad and then coming through the teams and, and it creates a certain level of discipline and almost expectation of just people around you to a degree, but especially our kids. Um, how do you find a balance with that? You know, with, uh, with discipline, accountability, raising our kids. Um, do you find yourself having to not so much draw a hard line, you know, that you may have uh, with, with your brothers or your buddies or, or just in a career being older, but I, just as a, as a parent, I've got a 15, 13 and a two. Mm. And how do you, how do you, from, from your, from your seat, be able to find that level or is there a balance of discipline and accountability that leads without just being necessarily a, uh, just an iron fist that just swings and creates damage. You Man, know? It's tough, right? Yeah. She, that's her. Yeah. So in the military, but I always had someone outrank me and I, even mm. if I didn't like what they were saying, I'd be like, Roger that. So I, she's the boss. She's the admiral of the house. Runs the show. Like if kids get out of line, I hear her raise her voice. I'll come in. I'm like, baby, say something. That's all I have to say. You know, I'll shift on them. They know. And and I, I said, I'm not their friend. I'm mm. your father. Mm. You know, I, I mean, which means I love you more than anybody, but I will tune you up. No pun intended. But, uh, <laughs> that was well done. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty good. Time for your tune up. Yeah. Um, but she's, I can hear her voice no matter what state of mind I'm in. That's how I know she was the one. So even when I'm engaged, man, she can pull me off of it. Or she'll step in front of me and take it. You know, and I'll, I'll, I'll shovel back. I'm like, get. <laughs> and yeah. then I have to walk outside and kind of whatever. And, and but she, she takes that because I, that takes practice. Mm. It takes practice. And I train kids now and I, you know, and, and it, that, everything teaches me. I, I, t I train professional athletes, so there's kind of a everyday kind of each age is, re reacts differently mm -hmm. up until my kids. Now, there's bottom line hard fact. Like, I'll tell them to do something, and I don't ever discipline when I'm angry. Like, if, you know, mm -hmm. or, or, and truth be told, I, I've never really gotten angry down here. I'll get serious, and there's a mm -hmm. difference. Mm -hmm. But, man, I... That's a great question. I think if we could answer that one, we'd write a book. What? You know what I'm talking about? But it's, that's why a team's important. And your buddies and, and your acting. Man. I was like, man, if my yeah. father did this to me, and the biggest thing I always try to do is immediately shift myself to my kid stage. I never forgot what it was like to be a kid. Yeah. And I was, okay, so if this was my dad fixing to tune me up, how would I wish he would have done it? Yeah. And then I'll yeah. even call my, like one of my oldest boy pulled it. He had a stunt the other day. It was a pretty good one. 
And I had actually done the same thing when I was in college. He was in college too. His mother was upset. And uh, so it was me and a buddy of mine. I called him. I was like, hey, remember when we uh, jumped the, uh, <clears throat> it's not important. I'm going to talk about it online, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what, when your dad tuned you up, what, what would you have wished he would have done? He's like, you should have taken this away from me. He should have done this to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, Roger that. And that's what I did. And then my son's like, I asked him, he's like, yeah, that's what he, it's good. Mm-hmm. It's okay to ask mm-hmm. because I could take it to the far extreme and just, yeah, you know, you could, you don't, you don't want to hurt them. You don't want to break their spirit, but you have to, you have to discipline them because somebody out there will, right. You know, if, if you don't take the time oh, to do it man, and I put stress true. on my kid, like, the, the situation will be perfect. And I'll put my, I'll stress my kids out. Like I'll lean on them just because mm-hmm. I want to see them react because I'm the one that can take it off. But when they get out there in the world and they're walking around, somebody won't take it off of them and it could crush them. So just like I train my kids to get dressed and to eat, I also train them to deal with stress. I, I try to put them in every scenario that I can think of. If I see something go down on TV or if I'm out in the public or if I remember something, I'm like, all right. And then I formulate it in my head. I was like, how could I stress my kids out and, and, and see, what, see how, how they react to this? And then I'll lean on them a little bit and then I'll pull it off. Because the point is to help. Help. Mm-hmm. Train. Teach. I mean, everything's in there, but you got to put them in the <clears> scenario. <throat> otherwise, they're not going to know. So what kind of damage are you doing? Oh, I get it. You want somebody else to do the damage. Roger that. So how much do you really love your kid? Either you do it or the world will. Yeah, are you going to send somebody else out there to hurt them? That's yeah. what you're telling me? That's what you're telling me, right? <laughs> I, don't see, I don't see it like that. I was like, I mean, you gotta, you got, you're the one that's supposed to train them. You're the one who brought them into the world. The most dangerous thing down here is an undisciplined human mind. And premature panic is a sign of an undisciplined mind. So when you, when you see them getting through stuff or going through something, my daughter had her tonsils out. So before the surgery, I, I laid her down. We had the, on one of the couches, dressed up in a gown, covered out, dressed up in my scrubs, put my doctor suit on, mask, stethoscope. And I was like, all right, it's going to feel a little pinch, going to kind of feel like that. You know? And then we went over for, for, for a couple of weeks, I think. She went and got her tonsils out. When she woke up, I think she's like, I'm ready for him to put them back in. I was like, yes. <laughs> I mean, like it was nothing, like training. We were ready for it. It's preparedness. Yeah, I put the thing over her face like this is gas, and this is what yeah. it's gonna feel like on your, on your little nose, you know. My daughter, and I'm even ready. I don't even know how to discipline her. I mean, it's unbelievable. She's got me figured out. <laughs> that is their job, man. They do it really oh, well. That is, yeah. yeah. Oh, that is little girl, man. My son, you know, he gets out of line. I just, boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's different with different, a girl. Yeah, it's different. Yeah. And um, anybody tells you the difference trying to sell something. Mush, man. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yes, just crippled you, man. But I, I, I try and do that. I try to put them in every scenario and train them up. So this is what's going to happen. This is how this works. This is what some people will say. We're, they're doing basketball camp. So I played basketball with them the other day, man. I started talking smack to them. They're like, what? I was like, well, you're in my house, man. You come on my court. <laughs> right? Yeah. And um, that's all part of it. It's all part of it. Is that, you know, some. Uh, now it's not every every single seal, but there seems to be uh, a community of seals who have come out and who have really taken the mission of leadership training, like Jocko, yeah, right, yeah. with Echelon Front, great guy, uh, JP Donnell, yeah. and and all these guys that there there are guys that are taking this mission and bringing it to the business space, right? Leadership management is that because of the training you come from and and the. Sh- the sheer dependency of real good leadership. They were leaders in our community before. Mm. They were our leaders. Jocko was one of the best battlefield commanders. I mean, he guy's a war fighter. You ever notice how I was, I was talking about this the other day? I was like, 
his face looks like it perfectly fit into a Spartan helmet. <laughs> that is true. Like he yeah. should be swinging an axe at somebody's head <laughs> back in the day kind of guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? He just, I, I, did, I was on a, I ripped him out. He was at Team 3. I came in with Team 5, and he was a commander over there. And you want somebody to fight, he'll go. That sucker will go. Looks like he still would. He will still go. And he is and leadership, yeah, he was a great leader. A lot of all those guys, when they come out, and they, that's, that's what they do. I mean, they were, they were something. It seems to be a lot of demand for that kind of training or bringing people in to an organization, a company, you know, to come even talk about leadership because it, because of just the sheer extreme uh, of leadership and operations within the teams of how an organization can kind of take a percentage of that into their, into their culture. Well, think about what they do to us. They, we, they send us over to foreign countries to take down like a handful of us, just a yeah. handful of us to take down the entire country mm-hmm. to, to reformulate the, how the government works. And you start with the individual in the village. Like with the the the, the, norm, the people, and then they have to write up all the missions, and they have to send that up through every wicket and through every branch of the military. Because we're we're more like ba- you know bastards. We we get handed off to the army and the marine corps. Who do you think rescues us when we get in trouble? That's when they come. That's bragging rights. I mean, we were talking about that earlier. That's a real thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, where's that bravado come from? Eighty second to hundred first uh, seals to rangers. Like, well, first of all, who's been around longest? Mm. What scrap you've been in? Mm. Because if you want, if you don't watch Band of Brothers on Memorial Day and, and Veterans Day, man, you're wrong, right? I mean, that's <laughs> yeah, what we watch. True. I don't watch movies on SEALs. I watch stuff like that. Yeah. And um, when you learn how to communicate with them, because we all speak different languages. Mm. Our, our uniforms are different colors. But when we fight, man, it's on. Mm. It's just like the United States. We come together. We're just uh, like one, one team, one fight. Mm. Like we're mutts. We've literally been kicked out of every other country through time till we got here to ours. And now here we are. Wow, right? And we that. live and die with each other. Yeah. Every different breed. It's like mm-hmm. this the perfect pound. Mm-hmm. And man, there's some of those those dogs, the dogs were the Marines. Freaking don't mess with them dudes. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're set up to go in and just decimate. Rangers set up to do a certain thing. 82nd, boom, come from the sky. Mm-hmm. You ever heard of that? You know what a man of war is, jellyfish? Yeah. It looks like. You ever heard of minute war when they come in on those parachutes? The oh. same thing. Yeah. Like blue skies, blue ocean. They drop down, man, stand by. That's what the inside of a can of whoop ass looks like. I'm, a, I'm a freaking. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't have any problem bragging about anybody because I had to work with all of them. I was trained under most of them. I'm a bastard. And uh, you, you, you see that, and then you have our leaders who get this stuff done. Mm-hmm. They were kids. Mm-hmm. I were in our early 20s when they sent us over there. That's it was like the best adventure ever. It's yeah. like literally signing up to get on an adventure team to go into, into Babylon. I fought in Babylon. Mm. I mean, all the palaces and everything you see yeah. everywhere. Think about that. I mean, throughout time, people always been fighting. I got a chance to do that in mm. Afghanistan and everywhere in between. With a handful of us. Hey, we had our own boat and a helicopter. I could have never afforded that any other time. I was like, yeah, I got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not only that, I got jets. Like, you going to pay me to do this? Somewhere around here, <laughs> yeah. right? Hey, let's play with all these cool toys just because I was willing to take paint and bleed for mm-hmm. y'all. And once our people, when you come back in the Americans, man, once they, any, anybody, once they find out you don't want anything, you bleed for them. Like if, if something bad happens, the dude will step up and take the hit. Fine, dude. I, they mm-hmm. cut us a little slack because mm-hmm. we're willing to do that. Most people won't. And but we're, there's, there's, you know, the, there's like a, I like joking. God has his own redhead, you know, his, his stepchildren. He keeps outside and lit in the house, right? In case something bad goes down, that's us. <laughs> All right. I mean, they exist, and um, 
but, but you know they develop a place for us and we have our own opportunity to go do things and when we're not working you know we do we get in a little trouble yeah you know we're kind of rowdy you know boys be boys mm -hmm. but we serve our purpose and it's always out of respect mm -hmm. and uh, once once y'all see that normally y'all didn't know about it just because of late in the media and you know, a lot of us dying and stuff like that you got wind of what we do so the respect you guys give us whether it's earned or not is is way more than probably we deserve and it's a it's a blessing truly truly is man i think uh, for most people when you get wind of you know we see so many that serve and their families go off and they serve in, in all the different branches uh but when you when you get wind of stories like this i mean it it just puts people in awe because it just seems too unreal yeah right that that people would be willing to do that right but we need those warriors yeah. we, we need those people willing to be on the front lines take the hit, bleed, and to help everyone else. I mean, you've said, I can't, I lost count how many times uh, where you were saying, you know, you let me do this, you know, did this for us. I mean, you're looking at us right here doing that. And that, that's, a. Uh, there's no response for that, honestly, Marcus, you know, because what you did was of service and, but then. Isn't that great? Y'all do that? I can't believe it. Thank you so much, man. <laughs> I mean, I can't believe it that y'all let us do that, that y'all developed, y'all created a place and kept it around for us to, to have that. I, I'd, have, I'd have never, isn't that amazing? Y'all did that for us? I can't thank you enough. If you only knew, I mean, <laughs> it was hell. It was, man, but it was the best thing I ever experienced and all my buddies and, and what we got to go do, and I, I thank you for that. Just thanks. Marcus, you're an, you're an incredible man. Uh, truly, it's just it's been an honor to, to get to know you. Oh, we're going to have fun, guys. Come on. This is just the beginning. <laughs> so for people that are watching, if they want to uh, support you, your mission, what you got going on, how do they do that? Where do they go? Uh, well, you can go to teamneverquit.com. I have the Lone Survivor Foundation. Uh, you can find me anywhere, actually. MarcusAtrail.com. I'm trying to think about it. People ask me that. I'm like, man, I don't... I, it, it just, I can't even believe people ask that. Mm. Isn't that funny? And some of the organizations that I, that I'm, I'm allowed to, uh, to be a part of, I wish I could tell you all about every single one of them, man. We'd be here all day. There's, there's so many great organizations out there, but the Lone Survivor Foundation was the first one that I started and it, it started off my own experience. I have a Lone Survivor Foundation. Like my foundation of my whole being was because I was the only guy to come out of there mm. and it built something inside of me that, when I got back, y'all put me back together. Put me back online. Let me go back. I mean, I'm all titanium now. That's the coolest thing I ever heard of. I mean, if you know, Wolverine's adamantium. I, you know, I got the titanium. Whatever. You know, I was just, I couldn't. It was amazing. And then I kept going back. Every time I get hurt, y'all put me back together. And then if it worked on me to put to heal me, then I, I recreated it for the guys coming out. That was kind of my job. Mm. And each one of the organizations that I founded are, are for that very purpose. Wow. Yeah. And uh, it's a blessing uh, how many people it, it, it helps and what we're doing. But, I, you know, I never look back, ever. I just keep going forward, trying to grab as many as I can. What's the point of looking back? Other than take, take notes and get a lesson? Yeah. Well, you just keep moving forward. Make sure everybody's still back there. <laughs> I mean, well, there's, there's a reason why the rearview mirror is smaller than the windshield. That's right. That's right. Right. And I was trying to, one of them guys led from the middle. I was like, mm -hmm. man, my flanks, you're covering down. Let's just get online and go. Mm. and push there's nobody better nobody worse we're all right here in the same line marcus thank you for your time today yeah man, thank y'all for having me yeah thank man you. i really do appreciate it and signing these books for our team and just 
we, for all of us, like anything we do to help support you and your brother, like we're, we're here with you guys. I appreciate it. Yeah. The yeah. anniversary's coming up. So I, it's, uh, I'm always remembering it and I remember it every day, but this, this month's always, uh, yeah. About June, right? <laughs> well, what's forever going to be in our office, Marcus, was with our Remember the Fallen campaign, and we wrote every guy's name down on our poster. That's cool. It's going to stay in here. You know, as a, as a, I mean, you're a local guy, right? Yeah, yeah. And it means a lot to us, but it needs to mean a lot to a lot of people. But this book, the movie, keeping their names out there keeps their stories alive, right? See if I can't dig something up, send you guys. That's it. It's cool. You can't, all, the treasure people send me. Hmm. That was one of the other buzzings, what I get to see and receive. Yeah. But it doesn't do me any good having all that. You know, you put it somewhere else where everybody else can enjoy it. Mm. So, see, we got some stuff to do. We'll be honored. Marcus, thank you again. Yep, thanks. Thank you. I'll take care. Yeah.